Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. Y'all used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. Y'all used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. The realest podcast ever. We back. It's your boy C Diddy. Y'all know who I am. Y'all know what the fuck going on. Um, episode 205, reporting live from the uh, undisclosed location, the art studio. From the back cave. Y'all see the bare bricks, you know what I'm saying? Where we just come up with ideas. Get, get my bare bricks in the back, ho. Where we come up with ideas and smoke hookah. Yes. Hopefully try to be millionaires <laughs> before next year. That's, that's the goal, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Deca millionaires, 10 millionaires, you know what I mean? That's I'm the good point. with a million. I'm good with one. I need... You know the pro. You, in, in the words of Kanye, he said, "You know, the, you know, I hate single billionaires because then you like go to Taco Bell, you ain't a billionaire no more." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like if I buy a car, I'm not a millionaire. Not a millionaire no more. Yeah. He gonna get a richer, get a richer. <laughs> he gonna get a richer he cooked. I don't have richer dreams. Do you? No, I don't either. No, uh, yeah. I, I, I do. I need. I, I was gonna say I need a. I need a fifty nine eighty protect. The protect is out apparently. Really? Yeah, they out. Why? I saw four of them the other night. <laughs> at the, uh, at the, uh, you say out, I thought you'd be like over. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they out. I mean, no, they like, on the street. Yeah, they out. You know what I'm saying? I saw four of them jump. Yeah, shout out night. to the to the uh, you know the fraudulent protect uh, owners. I mean, yeah. shout out to you. We salute you at TRP. We ain't hating. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, fake jewelry is wild. It's a it's a wild reality. Yeah. It's a wild reality. Cause it costs real money. Yes. Do what Jay say? Y'all spend real money on fake watches. Shockingly. Shockingly. <laughs> he sounds shocked when he said it. Man. Shockingly. Jay really a good rapper, yo. He's phenomenal. I was sitting there the other night on my balcony. He's man. the best ever. And I, I really was listening to uh, just Jay. Like, it's this little mixtape I got on my laptop. Like, you know, you got your music playing, your hookah and shit. You know what I'm saying? And I, Jay, that, that verse where he rapped over the 50 Cent, the remix, if, if I, I can't, can't do it, yeah. That's one of the most ignorant verses of life. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a wordsmith when it comes to the rap shit. That nigga Jay really said, my bill's through the roof. I can't do numbers like the roots. No disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no disrespect. Uh, I can't do numbers like the roots. No disrespect. My, my, my bill's through the roof. I can't do numbers like the roof. No disrespect. Uh... Niggas got me trapped in. My pops got a living disorder. His whole living's disordered. And I just got his living room ordered. <laughs> <laughs> Jay a complete asshole on track. Oh, he can super duper rap, man. And we give super we, duper we, we, we give Jay a lot of shit, but don't get it fucked up. Dog. When he locked in, man, I'm fuck with that ball, man. I ain't wrote this to entertain you. That ain't what I came to do. I will bang you. Dog. I will act like orangutans do. I'm giving hot wings. Turn the niggas to angels. Understand my angle. I'm safety first. Do not make me act, act like, like the my safety, safety don't work. work. <laughs> One of my favorite Jay lines. He said, a really good rapper, he, said I, he said, I started from the ghetto, nigga. Not the Geico. Ain't nothing accidental. Dog. <laughs> Dog. I was listening to that, John. Just all the little Johns he had, the, the Grammy family. Like, Jay really, really, when he get on that ignorant-ass shit, it, it's 
He's a tough out. It's that's a hard. That's <laughs> a, a hard it's go. A tough because out, he, man. you know, he's filthy rich, and he done did all kinds of crazy shit. And you know, we not bullshitting. And right. he's really coming from a place <laughs> of like first person account. Yeah, like y'all disgust me. <laughs> <laughs> y'all really disgust me. But um, they had fifty million in ninety eight. Oh, yeah. He was with, dissing with, rap niggas in 99, 2000 for, like, only being rap niggas. Yeah. Like, you can bullshit with this if you want, motherfucker. Yeah. I could wear 80 mil, like, 18 months. You can bullshit with rap if you want. Yeah. Like, yeah, Jay's a, he's a tough out when it comes to that. That's why you got to give Nas a lot of credit for that ether shit. He just tapped into something else and was just like. With Super Saiyan. Yeah. All you have is, to. All that is cool, but choose a bitch. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I got you, nothing and else. And you on my dick. And you on my dick. <laughs> Look at these two ways this nigga yeah. invite me to his video shoot, bitch ass nigga. Yeah. It takes a lot, man, to get Jay out of here. Get Jay out of here. He had Jay totally frazzled. Totally, totally, like just befuddled. For two years. Like, I don't understand <laughs> what the fuck just happened. Real shit. He hit Jay with the reverse Uno out. Yeah, reverse Uno out. Jay's still man. sitting at the table. <laughs> Wait, what? That's it? Yeah, that's it, dog. Yeah, but niggas that are good rappers, they really are good rappers, and they really, really say a lot of good shit that you just like. Even the the, the Drake Jones, that shit came on sitting out there. I watched the video this morning. For what? Churchill Downs. Okay, I didn't even see the video yet. He no. in there. He got a scene in there where he like dancing with Jack Harlow mom, and she's like, "What the fuck?" Like you can see, like she's like, "I'm dancing with Drake." Like, like what the dog, fuck? I'm out here making a mockery. I got my realtor out here playing Monopoly. How can I address you if you don't own property? <laughs> That's J levels of ignorance. Like Jay's one of Jay's probably the best at that. Like those lines where it just leave you like, wait, what? Yeah, Drake is approaching that. Yeah, he's approaching that at this point. He said, my, he said, my biggest motivation is y'all final is y'all financial situation and how that, you should take how you should take this statement is, is depending on, on what, what you're making. making. Yeah, nasty. <laughs> just talking shit on another level. Yeah. Jay, Jay definitely. The shit talking is not even, and that's the, the even when push push has said on the interview like. Uh, I forgot who was interviewing, but was like, yo, what, what, what makes you? Because he's like, I don't want to work with niggas. I don't want to work with none of them. Yeah, I hate them. <laughs> and he was like, what makes you want to work with Jay Z? And he was like, the realization that Jay can get on a record. I bring, I bring Jay in when I need something said that I can't say. And I'm like, because mm. that's a, that's real. Because <laughs> Jay really gonna show up and say some shit that yeah. other rappers just can't say. Yes, he gonna put per- proverbial boot to ass of the entire rap game. Yeah. What do you say on the Meek John? What's your accountant's name with the hairpiece? <laughs> Jay asshole levels is just on a they're, they're off the chart. But man. from the beginning though, yeah. like the nigga the, the the clip resurfaced when Thug and them got indicted of I think Trey Young posted was like Jay got a line for everything. They hit you with that Rico, they repoed your vehicle. Damn, shit was all good just a, a week, week ago. ago. Yeah. Uh, bullshit catching up. Alibis ain't matching up. Yeah, yeah. Jay really do got a bar. They say everything. I forgive your weak ass. Hustling just ain't you. Just ain't that you. was on dead presence. Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, I forgive your weak ass. Hustling just ain't you. Jay nuts, man. Yeah, he's 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 excellent. That's a real good rapper, he's man. Excellent, yeah. At seventy, yeah, just just that good. Uh, the other day, I was uh, I watched Cat Williams comedy special again, and the people, the ratings on it are horrendous. I love it though. I think we it's watched good. it the other night. I I, it's 
you, what the problem I feel is people are looking for Cat Williams to, to be, be pimp, pimp yeah, Cat Williams, exactly. and that's two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Yeah. Jay got a line for everything. Go buy my old albums. Yeah. I got like, but Cat did a, did did one of our numbers, and I thought it was so funny. He was talking about biting, and every time he dog. referenced him, he kept, he kept changing the age. The age dog. He's like Joe Biden is ninety seven years old. Very next line, Joe Biden is ninety nine <laughs> years old. <laughs> I liked it though. I liked it. I thought it was very. I thought it was excellent, man, because it's like it's political commentary. Like he was just spot on with like a lot of the stuff that he was saying, especially like the thing about the truth versus the lie. Like yeah. that whole angle. Like that shit is genius level comedy. Yeah. But black people just like want what they want, and it's like you know they expect a certain level of slapstick from Cat, and it's just like he ain't really on that no more. When uh, Chris Rock, uh, his John and um AC, he said um everybody's lying. The Democratic Party is lying. The Republican Party is lying. They all lying. Yep. CNN telling lies on the de- Democrats' behalf, and Fox News is lying on the Republicans' behalf. I don't believe shit. The only shit I believe on TV at this point is HGTV. <laughs> they tell you how much a two-bedroom costs in Denver. They not bullshit. <laughs> That's the only shit I believe on, on TV. On Zillow, like, yeah, yeah it's right. Yeah. White people tell you how much it costs to live in Seattle. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's like, yo, like, I, as you get older, I just think what you... What makes you entertained or laugh is supposed to change. Yeah. I used to always say years ago, telling me who your favorite comedians is says a lot about you. Right. We've had that conversation. My, and from jump, like when we was young, people couldn't understand why I like Paul Mooney and Dick Gregory. I'm like, because they real. They talk yeah. real shit. And then once I got on to Patrice O'Neill, that was my guy. Chris Rock was always good. And I fucked with Dave Chappelle. So it was like, that's probably my John. Like that. I never was really super duper into like the... The uh the Arnez J, you know, like that. Arnez shit. was funny, but he, he, he was funny. It, it, but it wasn't. You didn't walk away from it with nothing. Nah, it just was. It was funny. just funny. And he him about, pulling his pants up and walking like slapstick. That's what it is. It's like that. And Cat Williams <laughs> used to dive around the stage and all that goofy ass shit sliding across the floor. <laughs> to me, it's like that's funny, but it's not like you know how funny you got to be to sit on a stool. And keep motherfuckers sitting there for... Th- Paul Mooney did a five-hour set one time yeah. in Cali. Like, you know how fucking good you got to be Dave Chappelle sit. did a 12-hour set. That's what he said. Dave Chappelle beat my, my record. He said that on the Howard Stern show and shit. You know what I'm saying? And he was on there, and he was like... Uh, I remember uh, Howard Stern was like, uh, you you were around Richard Pryor. You were doing all this writing. Like, give us a crazy story or whatever. He was like, oh, I, I've had moments, man. Richard Pryor, he's like, I remember walking in the room, and Richard Pryor had one of the greatest actresses in the fucking planet in there and they was doing cocaine and they were snorting cocaine off of the new Miles Davis album and I remember walking in and I to fuck with him I picked the album up and said is this the new Miles album? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like who was he in there with? He's like I'm gonna fuck y'all up with this. Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly Parton. Yeah, probably silly as shit, man. But yeah, like good comedy is just yeah. I had a uh, you know off the I was I spent um, Monday Memorial Day uh, with my grandmother. I was over her house for like several hours, man, and you know it just kind of really made me feel good. You know, you get to get around them older people and talk and all this different yeah, stuff. I'm and she's sh- she's showing me you know her pictures from Dubai and Mexico and. You know, all her vacations and stuff. My grandmother's in Vegas right now. Uh, shout out my grandma. She she loves going to Vegas. She go there like four or five times a year or yeah, whatever. Old people, they, they, Vegas is. Yeah, they, so, they, so we, we got to talking about comedians because we was talking about, uh, 
Number one, I went to see Dave Chappelle on Sunday in Atlantic City. I'm going to get into that. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about the Monique and D.L. Hughley situation. And uh, my grandmother was saying how she went to go see Monique in um, in Vegas a couple years ago. And she was like, listen, so I'm, so I'm an older lady. I'm on fixed income. I'm retired. I ain't too keen on paying seven, 800 to see nobody, which it got for me. So they put all these little promo codes in and get my grandmother a ticket. She's like, I'm sitting like third row, whatever, $150 or whatever. She's like, and I go to the show and it was terrible. She's like, Monique is horrible. She's like, she is not funny. She's like, you know, it's like, she doesn't like have any jokes. She doesn't have any material. She's just like up there, like talking shit. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, I was like, it's funny. You bring it up. I said, because what a lot of comedians that are, aren't are, are realizing now is that if your if your content hasn't evolved with the consumer, you're getting left behind yeah. in the game because the comedy consumer has evolved because of people like Dave Chappelle, because of people like uh, Gerard Carmichael and stuff like that that are doing smart, poignant comedy. Bill Burr, smart, poignant comedy that's funny. But it's also social commentary. And if you're not coming to the stage with something that people walk away from like, damn, I didn't think of it like that, or I didn't look at it like that, or I disagree with that, but damn, that was crazy how he brung that home. Right. Like, if you're not coming to the stage with that, people are not coming to see you. Mm-hmm. And it's like comedians like Monique that almost like she wants recognition for just existing. Like, just for being a queen of comedy, precious, the Parkers, it's like you just want you want credit for just existing, but comedy is a what what have you done for me lately game. I saw Dave Chappelle in Atlantic City last Sunday doing hour, probably about an hour ten of brand new material. Nothing recycled. Literally brand new material from his opening salvo to the fucking end. It was all a whole new hour of material. And guess what, comedians out there? He's getting better. Yeah. He's widening the gap between y'all and him. He's phenomenal. And he talked about, uh, you know, uh, his his relationship with his wife. He talked about, like, racism in Ohio where he lives or whatever. He talked about being rich. He talked a lot about, uh, like, the main kind of, like, beginning, middle, and end of the show was, like, around, like, the Chris Rock and Will Smith situation. And he was basically, he was saying it from both sides, kind of like what we said on the Patreon where it's like, yo, I'm Chris Rock and I'm Will Smith. He was like, I've been publicly flogged and embarrassed, and I'm also the guy that's one moment away from smacking the shit out of everybody. Mm. He's like, so I get all of it. He was like, now, he said, Chris Rock, he was like, uh, Chris Rock, uh, what did he say? He said, Chris Rock did something that that I wouldn't have done. He took that, he took that, he, he took his lick, uh, you know, and just accepted. He said, I know, he said, I don't know what would have happened if Will Smith would have slapped me, but I know what wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't have enjoyed his evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, cause I don't know if y'all saw when we tackled that nigga at the Hollywood bowl, we fucked that yeah. nigga up. Yeah. He, he said, he said, so it's one of them situations. He's like, where it's like, you know, it's like Will Smith might've smacked me. He said, but he wouldn't have enjoyed his evening. It would have been rough. He's like the most gangster shit Will did was go back and sit down and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he laughing and shit. He was like, no, that would have, he would have been out of it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He would have had a, a rough go at it. So, uh, yeah, Dave Chappelle's comedy is just like, even the shit that, you know, he's, like I said, he's doing on his tour and he's going in small rooms. He popped up at uh, Black Thought Show on Friday, mm-hmm. the, the Delirious the Show at Punchline. And it's like those type of things where it's like motherfuckers that just really live and breathe this comedy shit and love it. And they got something to say and they got something poignant to say and they got something entertaining to say. So it's like, it's getting to a point where it's like the comedy game is almost like uh, 
the NBA, where it's like the best of the best are so head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, I think at this point, Dave Chappelle, somebody like proposed this question to me the other day. At this point, do you think Dave Chappelle is like number one all time as far as black comics? I do. I think he's number one all time in terms of all comics. You you think he's like past Richard Pryor? I like think the I, impact, I, the fact that he took on cancel culture and won, the, and that I swear that's, to God, that's like the star, the feather in his cap. That that's the drum I was saying the other day to my homie. I'm like, yo, Dave Chappelle really, really like they tried to get him out of there and didn't get him out of there. Didn't get him he, out of there. He got bigger and made more money. Do like in a cancel culture where motherfuckers is literally getting thrown to the wayside for anything, for accusations, for anything. No, fuck the the whole that. I mean, like. Motherfuckers do anything, and we find you tweet out about some shit it. we don't like. Did Did you see the uh the 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 watermelon salad from Walmart the other day? Yes, the June team salad. <laughs> it just motherfuckers is going crazy about any and everything. So it's the fact that Dave Chappelle ran up against that and won, and literally doubled back. You know everything that we know about him leaving the show, turning down fifty million just to come back and get sixty in a one shot from Netflix yeah. and. He might get another buck fifty. He got more money because he's producing. Uh, he's producing comedy specials for other comedians. He did his first one with Earthquake or whatever, right. which was phenomenal. Right. Like Earthquake is is a bad motherfucker. Like in terms of that stage presence and having something to say, Earthquake is another one. That's a bad motherfucker. If y'all haven't checked him out, check him out. Somebody that's up and coming, uh, Sean Tay Wayans, uh, Marlon Sean and Keenan's mm-hmm. uh, niece. Good, very good comedian. She did the Mo, uh, not Monique. I'm sorry. She did the Tiffany Haddish uh, Day Ready uh, special, whatever. She had her own 20 minute special, whatever the case may be, on Netflix. Um, she's very good. Like, there's a lot of good young comedians out there. If y'all haven't watched Gerard Carmichael special, wrote Daniel, watch it. Yeah, I watched it. That shit, it's an A plus. Now, let me ask you this: the the show was at the Hard Rock. Was at the Hard Rock. Was it ghetto like the Borgata when I went to? No, Rock? it okay. was not ghetto. It was at the Atess Arena inside the Hard Rock. It's literally like num- number one. If y'all haven't been to the Hard Rock in AC, holy shit, that isn't that's a Vegas like fucking Dominican you in, Republic you, you type property. You forget you in Atlantic City. They got twenty restaurants, yeah. fifteen nightclubs, a freaking a four thousand seat arena. Soon as you walk in the motherfucker, like you walk in, you go to the right. That's the Atess Arena, and it was a real arena. It's a real the arena. The we were risers. in was a room, and they had nah. folding chairs. Bro, this shit was an arena. And the boy was like, you know, we be having wrestling, like because we, you know, we put the ring right there, like. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> this shit. Was, the, the room was beautiful. I couldn't believe, like, because when I'm walking, I'm just like, all right. So I go through here. You got you go through reception or whatever. They scan your ticket, put your phone in the lockbox, John. You go through uh, security. Then they got. Uh, Two different sides on both sides of the metal detectors where you can get concessions and all of that. Uh-huh. They have the worst concessions staff in America. That shit was hard. I waited in line for concessions for 45 minutes. And then I got to the front and they didn't have any food left, only only drinks. So that was pretty awful. Oh, yeah, production. <laughs> <laughs> we got just oh, enough yeah. popcorns. Yeah. We got just enough chicken tenders. How much for all those nachos y'all didn't <laughs> sell at the USC game last Saturday? <laughs> last Saturdays. Yeah, last Saturdays when USC played the boys from Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely some all-year productions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They ran out of, they sold every piece of food they had, chicken tenders, hot dogs, nachos, popcorn. Everything. Was I was born. at the hospital the other day with my dad. And dad's doing a lot better too. That's what's out of the uh, intensive care unit. They uh, brought him down to the 
uh, lower whatever this okay. room because he's gonna go to the rehabilitation. But he's a lot better. Um, more up, whatever, whatever. He's talking and everything. He got his iPad, so he's straight. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's listening. He's like, yeah, the show the other day was great. I'm like, bro, like you got other stuff to worry about. The um, but we went down to the to the uh, like you know they got what they call the, the cafeteria. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. In the hospital, me and my sister, whatever, and they had chicken tenders. And she's like, how many you want? I was like, let me get three. She's like, we sell two, four, and six. I'm like. I want three. She was like, you want two or four? Because <laughs> I got to ration these out right. I'm like, can I get two, I guess? She was like, okay. And she put it on the joint, whatever. And the other lady came by. And she was like, take your other ten. She threw it on the joint. <laughs> I'm like, yo, man, people take their jobs way too yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, like, I already don't want to be here. Right. Like, if I'm here, it's a worst case scenario. Like, I ain't coming here just to grab food. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you think it's just one of them things. Like, you just look out, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So, but yeah, the, uh, the, uh. Oh, yeah, so the arena. The food. We talking so, about the so, concessions. So, concessions, shit. whatever. So, it was all year productions. Jay Prince and company was handling the food or whatever. Um, So, you go, like, then you just walk. Like, and it's like, you know, set up the same way on both sides. Then you just walk, and then you go through, like, this dark tunnel. And then as you get closer, you start to see the light or whatever. And I'm like. Holy shit, how did they put this? It's almost like a marvel of like modern like architecture. Like, how did they put this in here? Big giant ass stage. The stage is probably 300 feet across, 100 feet back or whatever. Big ass stage. They got the fucking curtain. The ceiling is like limitless, like how high the ceiling mm-hmm. is or whatever. Uh, and then you got video boards on both sides of the stage. Right. And then you have the seats in the center. It's probably uh, 30 rows across, 30 rows back. And then you have risers, one on the side, one in the back, two in the back, and then one on the other side. And, um, like, it's like a 4,000-seat arena that they got just, like, just sitting there right in the front of the Hard Rock. I'm like, holy shit. And Dave did, uh, I think, four shows. He did two shows Saturday night, two shows Sunday night. And uh, he sold the whole weekend out. Like, the shit was crazy. So, it was like, you know, he did about 16,000 Tickets in Atlantic City during a Memorial Day weekend. Jeez. Yeah. So he's in one spot. And I'm just like, well, damn. I had to think about it. I'm like going there and I'm like trying to calculate. I'm pocket watching. I'm trying to calculate the money. I'm like, damn. I wonder what Dave Chappelle charges to come somewhere and do like an hour of comedy. Like you probably can't even book Dave Chappelle. I'm like, but the thing is when he's at a casino property, whatever he normally charges probably gets pushed up because when you deal with casino properties, this is a little free game for y'all people that's trying to break into the entertainment industry, whatever. When you deal with casino properties and when you deal with colleges, they don't give you your market rate. They give you what you ask for right? because there's other revenue that they're banking on going up. That's like passive revenue. That's not just strictly ticket sales. So it's like if I book Dave Chappelle and I want to take him to the Lear Chorus Center or whatever, 8,000 seats or whatever the case may be, all I'm getting is, in terms of negotiation, I'm going to get the ticket sales, I might get a parking split, and I might get a concession split, whatever the case may be. When you're dealing with a casino property, they're banking on more rooms getting booked. Mm-hmm. They're banking on more restaurant revenue. They're banking, on, they're banking on more gambling. They're banking on sponsorship and all of that shit just because he's here for the weekend. Shit, the night Chris Rock was, you couldn't, there wasn't a seat empty at any table. To the point where motherfuckers like, are we going to another casino? Like, yeah. you're doing the Borgata, there was not a seat. It don't matter. Yeah. I'm talking about the fucking, the Kino. Right. Kino was, <laughs> right. was locked up. We in here. Yeah, we had motherfuckers getting, betting on everything. Because when you get people out and dressed and feeling good and looking good and all of that, they just want to have a good time. So now it's like, oh, I'm already out here. Let's keep the good times rolling. I, we, we left the uh, arena and then went to one of the restaurants in there or whatever 
whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even my restaurant of choice, but I'm just like, all right, the Asian Joe is book. I'm going to slide over here to the Italian restaurant. So it's like that sort of thing. So it's like, yo, it's so much additional trickle down yeah, yeah. from the fact that people coming to see the comedian to where it's like, or the artist or whoever the fuck is in this arena, that it's just, it just creates all of this additional revenue for, you know, for everybody involved. So yeah, so I was like, you know, I would imagine that Dave probably at least made probably a million dollars like right. over the weekend, like probably. four four shows, average it out two fifty a piece, whatever, whatever. Probably in the you know the fucking presidential uh, Dubai suite or whatever the hell they got there. You know what I mean? So you know, and it's like it was it was it was very uh, what do you call it? Because he had so many shows, I knew like it ain't no like leaving and then running to New York and coming back or none of that shit. I just thought it was commendable for Dave to spend his uh, Memorial Day weekend in a shithole town like Atlantic City, New Jersey. You said he referenced. He referenced it. He said Atlantic City is an interesting place, man. It's one of the only places where people are like, "Damn, I gotta get back to Philly where it's safe." Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He opened with that. (laughs) Yeah, man, Philly. I went to the uh, shout out to DJ Boogie, friend of the show, um, Hennessy, Team Hennessy, Team Owet. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Congrats on the Team Owet. He broke that news here on uh, TRP all day. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm he made the formal announcement the other day. A Boogie is an interesting character because you know he talks in like DJ terms. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he sent me to John and I'm like, is this an invite? And he's like, of course it is. What the fuck? And I'm like, it did, but the John was just like, yo, tomorrow, boy, stop. Like we, you know, it's just like I didn't, I didn't really understand. But uh, I came down to that. He had the watch party for game one at a live casino, yes. and at, um, sport and social at sport and social, and uh. When he sent it to me, I'm like, is this a is this an invite only thing? And he was like, no, nah, like, you know, just bring people, you know, pull yeah. up. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, well, that, I, you know, I, I, I be in these casinos, right? Yeah. So when I ask, is this an invite only thing? My thing is not no, more, more so like the event or what's going on. It's like, if you go to, you've been to a casino in Philadelphia. Yes. It's a lot of niggas just standing around. It's a lot of looky-loos. It's a lot of niggas just like, yeah, we in the zone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that we was in, hand me them Jones. The fact that, thank you, thank you, thank you. The fact that we was in a situation like that, you know, we looking like, all right, you know, we going to go in there and, you know, have some fun. Right. Then you get in there and you, you like, it's open. It's open bar. Hennessy. Oh, nice. Yeah, like Hennessy was free. You hey, know Boogie what I'm saying? knows how to have a good time. Hey, Boogie can throw an event. He can throw a little shindig. And the amount of niggas just like coming in, cause you know you in a casino, motherfuckers. What they doing over there? And then you realize like, oh, the Henny free motherfuckers is like, they they coming in this joint. You know what I'm saying? It was flip flops, dirty socks. You know what I'm saying? Like seriously, they homeless niggas. They in this joint. But uh, it was a who's who. Like everybody was in that joint. Deke, uh, Vaughn, uh. Tate, Von, I said Von, Dev, Tate, fucking uh, Active was in there. Barb was there. PC Prince, your man was there. Like, uh, Mile High Tech, fucking Kevin Dunbar. Like, we, it was a bunch of motherfuckers in there. You know what I'm saying? And it was so funny because the big bar wasn't free. Like, the big bar in the middle of the joint, you had to go to the other bar where the Hennessy shit was at. So I had posted the shit on my joint. Like, you know, my bets is looking good. The Henny free. Having a good time and shit. Dev came over with my story. He's like, uh, where's the free Henny? Because my Henny wasn't free. What's, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? I was like, you went to this bar? He was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you got to go to that one. He was like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was cool. Now, it was funny because Deke was sober. And sober Deke is interesting because we made jokes. We gave, you know, uh, what was it Saucy Deke? 
Saucy Deke is a headache. But Sober Deke is a very interesting person because he's brilliant. You know what I'm saying? He's very smart. He's very he's incredibly uh, poignant. He's astute. He's very astute. Yes. Very astute. Per- perfect word. You know what I'm saying? And Deke came over and sat next to me. I'm like, you cool? He was like, yeah, I was over at the bar talking to people, but I, I had to get the fuck away from there because I got sick of watching niggas come up and get free drinks and not tip the, the bartender. And I'm like, bruh. I'm like, I went over there, and it was funny because I had a $20 bill. fucking around with you. Me and Dan were at a... Uh, uh, a medical facility, if you will. You know what I'm saying? And they only accept cash in that joint. So I took cash out. I took 160 out because I don't carry cash. My total uh, for medical supplies was $140. So I had $20 on me. So I get in there. I come to the bar. I'm like, shit, the Henny free. Let me get a Henny sidecar. She was like, okay. I'm like, matter of fact, give me two Henny sidecars. That way I ain't got to get the fuck up and get my food, watch the game. So she gave it to me. I gave it a girl a $20 bill. It was a $20 in my pocket. So the bull, random bull, just random bull with a Gucci belt to the next to me. He was like, because he, he had emphasis. The shirt was tucked. So it was an emphasis on the Gucci belt. So he was like, yo, big dog, that shit free. I'm like, yeah, I'm tipping the girl. He like, oh, damn, you did podcast rolling. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think so. Niggas have no cool man. I was like, I don't, I, you know, I was just like, you know what I mean? You free, like, figure any, any sidecar in a casino, $20 to begin with. I'm like, I'm going to get two of them motherfuckers. Get you heard the 20 is just a tip. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, motherfuckers been there not tipping. You know what I'm saying? Being niggas. You know what I mean? But it was a, it was an all in all, very, very fun time. Yeah, it's like, if y'all not going to tip, now I just, I just had a thought, right? If y'all not going to tip when the Henny is free, what are y'all doing when y'all got to pay for the hitting? Just pay for just the hitting. <laughs> just the hitting. I'm like, 18? All right, cool. Uh, that's seventeen ninety seven. <laughs> <laughs> Real shit. But all in all, it was, a, it was a very good time. Shout out to everybody that was there. Yeah, my social battery was cooked the other day. I told y'all I was going. I told uh, Matt and Kevin, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to come down there, whatever, whatever. It was about 7 o'clock. I'm driving home. I'm like, I'm not leaving out of this place tonight. Like, I was just totally cooked. I'm trying to get my, you know, my collective... Ish together, start coming back outside again. But y'all are bugging. PSA Philadelphia, you can't go nowhere. Nowhere is off limits. Nowhere is safe. It's funny because walking into, you know, the casinos is an interesting thing with Philadelphia because they have metal detectors. I, at this point, really don't like going into places that have metal detectors because now the outside world knows. What's up, everyone? It's Boss Britt. And it's DJ Excel. If you're a fan of the queer culture and lifestyle, then be sure to check out and subscribe to the No Homo Show. We're a show that shares true stories that are uncut, funny, relatable, and of course, gay from a lesbian's perspective. That's right. Brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network. ...that I have been detected metally. You understand? And they know you ain't got the blicky on <laughs> Like, you go to parks, you know you don't have that. You yeah. just walk right in. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's only fucking Sugar House and live shit in Philadelphia. We got to go through this. And uh, congregating in, in, in Philadelphia at this point is a, it's a crapshoot. It's dangerous. It's a, you, you gambling. Yeah. Literally. And my, thing, my biggest thing is this, and I've been saying this for about 10 years now. My biggest thing is that if the bullet is mine, if I did some fuck shit and a nigga come clap me for some shit I did, I don't care if it was 31 years ago. I'm cool with that. I have no energy for little man man's bullet tearing my ass up. Like, I, I, I do not think that that's uh, fair or equitable. That's some unreasonable diversity right there. I do not think that that's fair. <laughs> the thing with it now is just the fact that people are dumping in the crowds. Yes. They're just letting it go at any given time. With any, no nothing. 
I'm letting it go. I don't care who They I said hit. last night, the situation happened on South Street. They said motherfuckers start dumping into a crowd 10 yards from the police. Yeah. Think about South Street. Think about the last time y'all been there. After 7 p.m., it's police everywhere. Sometimes after 3 p.m., yeah. it's police everywhere. They have their own police district. Shout out to A.O. He got locked up in that joint one time, being stupid. Uh, they have their own police district for fucking rowdy, disorderly people, drunk motherfuckers, shit like that. Throw you in the drunk tank, stupid ass shit like that. You arguing with the cops, come mm-hmm. take come take this walk, stupid. Pay this $80 fine, shit like that. So to be in an area that's literally swarming with cops and be like, I got to shoot this nigga, like, and whoever else. Apparently it was a fight that started. Fight started, punches, whatever, whatever. And the, the wildest part is looking at the video is children. Like, it's little kids. These there's no adults in this shit. It's children. And the fight started. Next thing you know, bop, 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 bop. Did you see the white lady on the news? No. She was like, I'm 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 I was getting in bed and I, all I heard was she was like, pop, 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 pop. Like, is that a gun? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times niggas lack self-awareness of where they are. Like, you know what I'm saying? And what's going on around them. All they know is. Ain't nobody playing with me. I'm bush ass. You know what I'm saying? Not realizing you are in one of the most historical and also racist neighborhood associations, you know what I'm saying, areas in the city of Philadelphia, quite possibly on the East Coast. Right. The headhouse district don't play that shit. They were having trouble, like when I was in my promoter days and all that, getting bars open and stuff like that. Like, you mean to tell me I go by a building and a liquor license $500,000, and I got to come negotiate with y'all if I can open or not? Suck my dick. Are you crazy? Right. But it's like that sort of thing where it's like, yo, these neighborhood associations are strong. Same thing over there, the Fairmount Neighborhood Association. They fucking fought tooth to nail with fucking uh, Rivers about getting, a uh, Sugar House rather, about getting a damn casino built. Like, they wasn't playing that shit. Like, they, that casino went from four stories down to one. Right. Because that's how strong they was. And they delayed the shit for four years. We don't want the, we know what type of attention this brings. And guess what y'all niggas did? Let let everybody down. Confirmed all of their biases. You know, you know I'm from Penrose. For years they talked about putting a movie theater in the plaza. Mm-hmm. I remember. And people voted against it every fucking time. Because it was like, no, 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 no. We don't want what's going on at Riverview to happen going here. on here. Exactly. We live across the street. We don't want this shit. And at this point, you almost can't even blame people. Yeah. It's like South Street is like boys, the men rolling over their grave. <laughs> you understand? Sean Stockman is having a hard time reconciling this bullshit. This is not the Motown Philly <laughs> we talked to. Like, this, y'all are tweaking out this joint. And it, it's just one of them. It's it, like we, we spoke about it last week. It's the youth. That drill culture. That Oh, there go the ops. I saw... A meme that was like floating around the other day. It was somebody was like, "Bitch is always talking about yeah, I'm going. I'm, I'm Philly is crazy. I'm going to move to Atlanta where it's safe." We said, "Bitch, take your son with you. He the one doing all this yeah, shit." Yeah, yeah. Like y'all have raised a gener. We have collectively, not me and you, but when you add us all up, we have raised a generation of killers. I couldn't imagine raising a teenage son in the midst of this bullshit. They're all susceptible to the influence and the sway and the, these niggas is doing this. So now it's like, if you hang around five killers, you bound to be the six one like that sort of shit. They had a video online uh, on uh, 
one of them page. I don't even want to shout the page out because I'm yeah. not trying to bring no attention to the negativity. But they had a video on on the fucking page, man, of this well known young boy that ended up eventually getting locked up for six murders. Him fighting somebody in an alley, and it was like a bigger. He was like a little small kid, whatever. And it's like a bigger kid, like you know, they shown the video. I'm like, this is his villain origin story. From this day forward, where he got a y'all y'all forcing him to fight. Number one, he clearly don't want to fight. Right. And that's another thing with the with the fucking black male rules of engagement. You can't be no bitch. Yeah. That sort of shit. You can't just say, I don't want to fight. Like, I'm not interested in this. This is some nonsense. I want to fight. I want to start a tech company. I want to go to I want to go be an engineer. Yeah. I want to be a civil engineer. I don't want to deal with this bullshit. You like, got any more of them? All right. I don't want to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not that's off the table. Right. Now you a bitch ass nigga and motherfuckers gonna harass you and bully you every day for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So now you gotta at least fight. Even if you get your ass kicked, you gotta fight. So now I gotta fight a fight that I don't wanna fight. Y'all gonna fucking put me on camera, release the shit to the internet. I'm gonna come back and kill all you niggas. It's very simple. Like, you can't embarrass people in that manner. Like, like and I just don't understand how the people that are in it are confused of the outcomes of some of these situations considering all the BS that leads up to these final engagements or what have you, whatever, where people start dying. Like, violence escalates. You beat me up, I come back and stab you. You stab me, I come back and shoot you. You shoot me, I come back with a fucking hand grenade. Like, that's violence. And this is why people don't want black people nowhere because we... Our first resort is extreme violence. You know, it's funny because like some black people was moving into my building the other day, and I, I saw them and I was like, "What are these niggas?" <laughs> right. And in the moment, I was I'm, leaving your building one day and seeing some niggas moving some shit in there, and I'm like, "What are these niggas doing?" And I said it to myself, "I'm like, I wonder what white people be thinking because I'm black." And I did it. I was like, "What are these niggas doing?" Listen, my man, my, 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 my homie flat out told me. He said, "Bro, he said when I start seeing too many brown faces somewhere, I move. I don't give a fuck." He said, "He said I don't care about money like that. I will spend the money to not have to deal with this bullshit because I know what niggas bring." I'm in my new building. Fucking yesterday, motherfucker had a pool party from noon to midnight. They got y'all got one apartment. Yeah, <laughs> y'all got thirty guests. Yeah. The parking lot been empty all week because this building is only at forty percent occupancy. That's why I moved here, bro. So, so you mean to tell me out of the four uh, black people that live in this building that occupy units, you gonna bring thirty niggas here? Yeah, that's the plan. That's 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 what's at that's my joint. At my joint, you can rent the the pub. Like you can rent out the the yeah 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 like the party area and mm-hmm. shit. And I've seen people rent it out before, you know, whatever. People having a little get-together, shindig, whatever, whatever. I seen uh, a throne getting wheeled in the other day. So when I see the throne instantly, I'm just like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> oh, God. You know that's the baby shower. Yeah. And then I, and then I seen the boy bringing the speakers in on the, the trough. And I'm just like, oh, they about to be. Y'all, when I got down to the first floor, dog, that music was so fucking loud. Reach, I got that reach, I got that. That shit was going off, and I said, "Man, what the fuck?" Like, yeah. And you know, the craziest part is get together, have some fun. But if it go left, it's going to go. Yeah, terrib- somebody getting clapped. It's going terribly left. Four people dead at baby showers. Like, wait, what? Oh. that's us. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, like Kevin Sands talked a lot about ethnic image. And I think black people need to understand that our ethnic image is damaged. And 
we have to at some point take well, number one accountability for the fucking problem and recognize that at some point we went left. Like we went bad somewhere, whether it be the music, whether it be the fucking culture, uh, the things that, you know, we allow our kids to have access to and all of that, because guess what? The kids is doing all the killing and drilling. Even when old niggas is getting shot, it's young niggas shooting them up. Yeah. And it's, and it's no, it's no stopping fucking trouble. Fucking rapper from Atlanta. Rest in peace. He got murdered last night. He's somebody that I liked a lot. I like his personality. I like his Twitter. I like his Instagram. I like his music. Like thirty-five years old. Like at some at some point, extreme gun violence should be off the table for you. But when you a black male, it's never off the table. We had a fifty-five-year-old man get killed the other day on like something in Hunting Park. Fifty-five years old. How many points we getting smoked at fifty-five? You made it past the like. You have a young man problems at an old age. Like right. you've made it past that struggle and strife era, whatever the case may be, who are you dealing with that's like, I'm going to go kill Tony? Yeah, Mr. Tony. Mr. Tony, right. <laughs> Mr. Tony is dead tonight, Jack. It's not even funny, but because it, it's Mr. Tony. You're like, yeah. I'm going to go smoke Mr. Tony, though. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Tony has been running numbers for 34 yeah. years. Ain't bothering nobody. You're going to go smoke Mr. Tony. Yeah, Mr. Greg got me fucked up. And sure enough, it's bad, man. This shit is it's bad and sad, and it's, it's, it's a... It's a everywhere niggas are problem. Niggas start popping up in Albuquerque, gun violence through the roof. We had two mass shootings on South Street this week. This week. This 15 week. people shot three confirmed dead so far. This week. Yeah, Tuesday and, Tuesday and Saturday. No, it's more confirmed dead than that. Because the other day was two, and oh, yesterday shit. was three. So that's, so that's five. The joint the other day was, I believe, two, and I think yesterday was three. I believe. So... Shit is insanity, yo. Yeah, it's pretty pretty awful. Like, and an area that is swimming with cops. The only reason to come to South Street at this point is fucking Ishka Bibbles, Sean Jewelers, and Fat Tuesdays. It nah, ain't no reason to be <laughs> Fat Tuesdays at this point. Did you see G Herbo going off on his no, story? What happened? I guess he was here yesterday for the Roots picnic shit. But he was he was like, God damn, dog, like we wanted to get fucking cheesesteaks. We want to go to Ishka Bibbles. You can't even get the fuck down there. Philly, y'all tripping like dog. He's like, I seen somebody in the line. Look, whoever the fuck in the line getting the cheesesteaks, the cop won't let us down there. Get 10 cheesesteaks and DM. <laughs> but people on the joint, like, damn man, like artists can't even fucking enjoy themselves when they come yeah. the fuck here. I remember you would go to South Street and see people. Yeah. Remember that? I saw Jay-Z on South Street. Nigga. nigga. By himself. It was I'm, Jay-Z and the big-ass Samoan ball, security ball. I think it was nine feet tall, I saw, 500 pounds. I saw Dame Dash on fucking South Street before. Like, just out there. I remember you would go to South Street and motherfuckers would really just be out South Street. Yeah. Shopping, eating, doing whatever. Like. That shit is over with. They said the people on South Street yesterday, was uh, they had to barricade themselves in the restaurants and shit. Like, people who's down, all the, the local merchant restaurants that have, like, outdoor seating, they had to make people come in. Like, couldn't let them sit outside no more. Wow. And the lady was saying on the joint, like, yeah, they had to, like, lock the door and, like, barricade themselves in the joint because it was so much traffic running and shit. Like, this is embarrassing, yo. It's embarrassing. Mm. It's embarrassing as a city. And what these, all these little Philly shooters don't realize, like, because y'all are gangs now. So congratulations because y'all graduated from clicks to gangs. All y'all are doing is making the fucking feds and the police job that much easier because once you put a name to what you're doing, all we got to do is identify the crime and the people that are involved in this organization, and then we just charge y'all with conspiracy. 
on a state level, we just charge you with conspiracy or, you know, we, or fed level, we charge you with fucking Rico. It's very easy. It's very cut and dry. And as we're seeing from like this young thug situation, once we bang you with a Rico, everybody's tough. I was going, I was going like going into that. How do you feel knowing what you know now with the young? Well, person? I said it on the show that we did with Kev. I said, I feel like we need to prepare to never see thug again. I feel even more strongly about it now. I can't believe how many people are taking proffers. Like it took, to see an indictment come out, and you know what that brings. Yeah, if, if, it I brings think, out the worst in everybody. I think it was twenty eight people listed in the indictment, and if you know what I know about federal convictions, you know that eighty percent of them come from testimony and informant. Yeah. So just looking at the numbers, if it's twenty eight of y'all by by stats, like analytics, <laughs> but just going off of that, you figure. 28, 26, 8, 8, 8, 14, 8, 16, 24. Yeah. Like, like going off of the numbers, 23 to 24, yeah. y'all, out of the 28 is supposed and to be what's crazy That's is, just the numbers. What's crazy is this, right? The state, Fulton County, did some unexpected shit. I thought that, you know, most state and local governments are dumb as fuck. Like, they, mm-hmm. they fuck up a lot. Right. So when I first, first seen this shit break and I seen Thug only had two counts, gonna have one, I'm like, oh, this is a cakewalk. Like, this is like nothing. But what they did was they rope a, they like almost like rope a doped us into like this, and, and Thug too, into like this false sense of security where it's like, oh, it's only two charges, da, 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 da. Not knowing that they was gonna come back, add seven more charges. Right. Not knowing that they was gonna fight tooth and nail to revoke his bail. Like, they're doing, they're putting all the, the pieces on the chessboard to checkmate this nigga. Yeah. Because it's like, if you coming into, if you coming into a, a, an indictment knowing you got eight proffers in already, it's and, game over. And that's the part I was, I was getting at where it's like, 28 people listed in the indictment. To see people taking proffers that ain't even in the indictment. Like, oh, y'all got Jeffrey finally? Oh, it's man. crazy. Yeah, that nigga told me he was going to kill my grandma eight years ago. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so glad y'all got this nigga off the streets. And they said that it's this uh, this, this uh, journalist that works for Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, George, I think his name is George Shahidi. He's doing an interview series with Vlad right now. And he's talking about the fact of, like, number one, he's like, I'm surprised at some of these names and charges that I'm, being, that I'm seeing. And, um, you know, just the way that – and they basically said that – he basically said that – he spoke to the district attorney's office. They said that you could expect a RICO of this size to come out of our office at bare minimum once every two months going forward. Yeah. They said we are cleaning up the street gang problem that we have in Atlanta and Fulton County one by one. We are getting these niggas off the street. And when you see how they frying thug to where it's like, yo, he had a 10-hour, you know how demoralizing it is? You have a 10-hour bail hearing, and then they still come back and deny bail because all of your character witnesses, the 15-year-old kid that you helped in the community, Kevin Lyles comes, all this shit. You think, like, I'm getting out of this motherfucker. I'm getting out on bail. People didn't offer to put up a million dollars for 24-hour-7 security, off-duty police officers and all that to keep you out of trouble and protect you and protect potentially any witness tampering and blah, blah, blah. And then you get to the end of this whole hearing, and then the, the, the prosecutor is like, uh, Your Honor, I want to object to the bail because uh, we have proffers in against Mr. Williams. I'm just like, wait, what? He's like, people that are indicted and uh, unindicted people that have, have offered up proffers against him, and they have said, let me read it properly, and I quote, uh, he is extremely dangerous, and if we cross him, he will kill us and kill our families. 
end quote. What do you do with that? Like, if you are, if you a motherfucker come into a courtroom, the judge don't know you, don't have no prior recollection of you, none of this shit. They just know you a rapper and you a fucking gang chief. And then they come in here saying that, yeah, he's extremely dangerous and he'll kill us and kill all our families. You are not getting out on bail, dog. Yeah. I don't care what your counts say. I don't care what the time they can like you are not getting out on bail, dog. Like we we need to be preparing and reconciling as a culture to never see young thug again. Like this is not like a Sean situation where he gonna go get sentenced to ten, do nine, whatever the case may be, come home at thirty nine years old, like and run for government. This is not that. Like this is a you go do forty. Yeah, I, I was saying the other day. Hard time to state I, time. I guess I was being naive because I was on a tip like, I feel like it's some some schmurder shit. Like, he going to sit for seven, eight. You know what I'm saying? A couple other motherfuckers, seven, eight. Gunner could probably slide past on like a time served. Yeah. But it's it's becoming more and more evident where it's just like. The fucking, this how, this how slick, the, yo. Phony Willis. You a bad motherfucker, yo, and I underestimated you. She's slick, yo. She's slow. She, he hit Gunner with one count of conspiracy for, for <laughs> affiliation and, and gang repping and blah, 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 blah. Then they came to court and was like, he's a shot caller for the guy. I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, they are so slick. I don't know where this woman got her law degree from, who she worked for before she was a, a prosecutor. She a bad motherfucker, dog. She a bad motherfucker. She's not playing with these niggas. No. Oh, you think? Oh, you think because you got the one count that? Yeah, no, he's one of the shot callers. He's one of the three uh, most important people apart. Well, who are the other ones? Right. And just little shit like we talked about with Kev, where you got people who were listed on charges in a prior case. That's just missing. Now you just not even in the indictment, but the At charges all. that they hit you with now they hit Gunner with. Yeah, they upgraded over, his charge. Uh, yeah, it just it's it's a lot of of shit, and it's one of them Jones where it's like. You know, even Young Thug's lawyer, he stepped in and was like, you know, the whole shit that Jay and Mika are on, trying not to use your lyrics as, uh-huh. as Young. It's like, that's great, and that shouldn't be used against uh-huh. you. But him going on Twitter and adding YFN Lucci and saying, nigga, I'd have been killed you if I ain't like the way you took care of your mama. That's not a rap. Yeah, God, he's standing on YFN Lucci's car on Instagram and posting it and adding him, you pussy ass nigga, whatever the fuck he wrote. Like, that's an over, that's, that's in, that, that picture is in the indictment. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm like, Just little shit down to like the, the car rental. And you like, what, like, don't kill nobody in a car I rent. The guy George Shahidi was saying that there was this one guy named Ricardo something whose name he was expecting to see in connection with the murder of uh, Damon Allen, whoever the guy was, the uh, the guy that was supposed to be the head of YFN or whatever mm-hmm. like that, and his murder or whatever. Like, he was expecting to see this name, and he was like, I didn't. He said, but I saw Yak Gotti's name, like his legal name. He was like, he's like, he's like, this office knows way more than we think they know. And it's all because of witness test. It's all because of proffers mm-hmm. and witness testimony mm-hmm. and people giving firsthand accounts. Like, no, I was there. I seen it. Like, like, how do y'all know that this nigga rented a car and then he, these niggas went and did whatever, whatever. How do you, you don't think that you no. know it. No, you know it because people, because everybody's telling yeah. this shit is fucked up. Thug is done. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic. Anything that start with a one, he should cop out. That and that's what we because it's state time. So if, if it's 10, 15, whatever, you do fifty percent of the time in the state. He should cop out. He should cop out and, and just take the time. 
He's cooked. If they offer him a dove, do you take it? I think I think his his high end is a dove. So it ain't really no point. Like you can't offer me what the worst case scenario is. We gonna take the shit to the dough. Now they said that there's a conf- there's a direct conflict of interest with his attorney. Right, I saw that because he has somebody that's locked up for a murder that's potentially trying to appeal the murder, and Brian Steele is his attorney too. So if Brian Steele takes this appellate case. For the murder, and this person is is also an indicted co-conspirator, it cooks him from being able to represent Thug because there's no fair way for him to represent both of them because there could be elements of cooperation on either one of their half against the other one. Like, Thug could corroborate the murder that dude did or dude could corroborate the shit that Thug is indicted for, so Brian still has an attorney-client conflict of interest. He can't represent both of them. Right. So now it's basically like, Oh yeah, dog. You can't appeal your murder because I gotta fight this shit. So just sit in jail, like. But there's time limits attached to all of this shit right. because you know what I'm saying. It's just, a, that that might turn into another proffer. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. It's it's bad. Yeah, man. Them judicial clamps, man. When they start clamping. Fonny Willis, you a bad motherfucker. You, I I I don't necessarily agree with your tactics, but goddamn, you good because you 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 pulled a rope of dope on everybody. We did not expect you to come with guns blazing like this. She a bad motherfucker, man. And the thing is, because she's the district attorney, she ain't got to come to court at all. She ain't got to do a day in court. Just send your ADAs, whatever the case may be. She she a bad motherfucker, man. Like, she, she, she a bad motherfucker, yo. I had no idea the depths of the shit that Thug was getting into. It's like, you hear whispers. You hear like, oh, no, nah, Thug the real deal. He a real street nigga. But to, like, the evidence yeah. is overwhelming. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten to trial yet. No. These are all pre-trial hearings, <laughs> by the way. Like, these are all pre-trial. Like, when your pre-trial hearings are like, <gasps> you go into jail for yeah. a long time. Yeah, I guess I'm just trying to be optimistic because I like Thug. I, like I love music. Thug. I think, I think he's. And, you know, I'm just trying to hope for the best. You but- know, I think it's a situation where, like Dame Dash said, you could be a good guy or you could be a bad guy. But sometimes the good guy looks like a bad guy to the guy whose asses he's kicking. So it's like he's not out here for all intents and purposes of what we know what he's charged with. He's not raining terror on the community at large. He's raining terror on niggas that he got problems with that would do the same thing to him if they had the upper hand. Right. So it's like I can't really, like, fault him for, like, you know, pushing the line on other gang niggas. You know what I'm saying? Whatever those problems may be. These are not innocent. He ain't charged with shooting into a crowd or killing non-innocent people. Like, this right. is not that. This is like, this is street justice. And this is what happens in the streets. Motherfuckers litigate their own fucking problems that they got with people. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, legally, you can't do that. So you end up fucking indicted with 27 other niggas, half of which are telling. All bad. All bad. Yet Gotti is charged with a murder. He just got out from the feds for four years for a fucking pistol, for two pistols, for some shit. Him and Lil Duke was about to go do a drive-by of some niggas that beat up Lil Duke at a party. These niggas had a fucking AR and like an FN. Got busted on the way to go do a drill. Mm. It's cr- like the, the details of this shit are crazy. Like, fuck the counts of what niggas are charged with. The minutia of... What these niggas did, the narrative that's being painted is like, wait, 
What? It's overwhelming. It's crazy. Like, even past, the, like, just where we are right now with, like, the, the, the ridiculous amounts of violence towards any and everybody yes. is, is just like, huh? We're taking it straight to the, to the blickies every time. And my thing is, like, I guess this is me just thinking far out or whatever, but you know how you and me sat and came up with the podcast idea, right? And then you was like, okay, no, we need to scale this. We need to do this. We need to whoop, 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 whoop. Bring Dan on board. We got our situation set up the right way. Cool. We've, we've, we, we're scaling the, the business. Me, you, and Dan said the other day, shout out to Jules and bringing him. We, we said the other day and came up with another business idea. It is just like, how, how do this not be the goings-ons for, for people? Like what you said last week. Like at this point, if you're with an iPhone, that whole product of my environment or the, the situation I'm raising, that shit is like out the fucking It's out window. the window. You're making excuses for yourself. So I look at it like Noriega said it best. The situation where he's like, I watched a multi-million deal, multi-million dollar deal fall down and the guys lost money on the shit and then they went on vacation with the people. And he's like, I go back to left rack and it's like these niggas is shooting each other over crack. And yesterday we was watching, I told you my favorite new documentary series is The Foods That Built America. We watched the Joan on pizza yesterday. So, yeah, we're eating pizza, right? Did you, did you know that pizza wasn't like in America before 1950? I've heard that before. Like people didn't, they didn't even know what pizza really was because pizza, it's funny looking back, you know, pizza was like poor man's food in Italy. Because if you're doing okay, you eat spaghetti and meatballs and rigatoni and all. Like, pizza is like, you got nothing else, so you just lay out some dough and throw some cheese on it and throw it in the oven. So, the two brothers started Pizza Hut in 1958 in uh, Wichita, Kansas. They started Pizza Hut. Um, and they didn't even know what they were. Basically, they fucked up the pizza. Like, on some, like, it was too thin. It was a thin, it was what was a thin crust. A lot of people don't even know that Pizza Hut started with, they didn't have the pan pizza. They did that later on. So what happened was, they did the thin crust pizza. It worked in Wichita, Kansas. The brother was like, yo, we need to expand. We need to make four more stores. They wound up having five locations, all within that area, whatever. Then they started franchising. They were a year in and started franchising. After the second year, they had 45 stores across the Midwest, going into the South and going West. Then they started franchising more up to the East. So they wound up having 200 stores, and it was like they were all doing pretty good except for the ones up here, the Northeast, because when it, the Italians migrated into America, you know, Ellis Island and shit. What is this bullshit? They came to New York, <laughs> New Jersey, Pennsylvania, you know, all up top. Mm -hmm. So the Pizza Huts, they didn't, the Italians didn't eat that shit because they like, that shit is an insult. But you know, in Kansas, they're like, man, they do the new shit called pizza. This shit is amazing. <laughs> like, shit ever. This shit is amazing. So point I'm getting to is at the same time they were doing that, the two brothers bought Dominic's, which wound up becoming Domino's. So the two brothers bought that. The brother basically dropped out of school, got his, fucking brother to come in with him on some like, yo, let's buy this fucking pizza place. Da, 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 da. We can run it up. Da, da, da. And he like, all right, I fuck with it, but I ain't really feeling it. They basically, they basically started Domino's with $900, right? Started the Domino's shit. Their whole thing was they, they basically had too many orders coming into their little store. So the line was long as fuck. It was, and the brother was like, 
we got to do something to get this, to handle this fucking line. Cause it's like, we're, we're, you know what I'm saying? This is just too much. And he was like, shit, we need to like take the pizza to the people. And they started delivery. delivery. And before that, you know, delivery wasn't really a thing. in as far as like food, it was like getting your milk delivered and shit yeah. like that. They started the, and I'm, I'm sitting there watching this shit like, how the fuck you just start delivery? <laughs> like, that shit just wasn't, like, how we just got delivery? Like, that shit just wasn't a thing. So, the long story short, the two brothers started Pizza Hut. They were the largest chain in the country as far as pizza. Domino's was scaling up. They weren't far away. They were, like, close to which. It all happened, like, in that little area yeah. or whatever. So, long story short... The brothers for Domino's started beefing because the brother was like, man, this shit ain't going right. This shit going to be a failure. We tripping, da 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 The brother was like, I want out. So the other brother, because they cash flow was fucked up, he was like, <laughs> he had a, a VW Beetle, uh, a Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. The brother was like, give me the car. That was the car they was using for delivery. Give me the car and cash me out. Give me the car. The brother was like, all right, you can take the car, but... Give me the your your share of the business, like your half. He was like, fine, cool, and took the car and slid. So the brothers one from one of the worst deals of all time. Dog, the brothers from Pizza Hut came to the guy who owned Domino's and was like, We see what you're doing. You got a good thing here, but you don't really know what you're doing. You know, whoop de whoop whoop whoop. We want the controlling stake of your joint. Like based on something, like we're gonna buy you out, take over the uh. shit, whoop de whoop whoop whoop. They offered him what would have what was the equivalent of thirteen million dollars in nineteen sixty four, and he turned it down. And they had the meeting, and the brothers was like, he was like, "It's my baby." And the brother, the oldest brother from Pizza, was like, "I respect it, man. Like, I wouldn't sell it either. You know what I'm saying? But we had to see if we can get it from you. But you know, we're gonna never stop coming from you." And he's like, "Oh, likewise. I, I assure you would." And it's like these motherfuckers wound up having a war that still goes on today. today yes, and like told each other that shit. And no one died. No one got in any yeah. violence. No, it's just like, all right, well, cool. Marketing we'll war. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because the brother took old sole ownership of Domino's, and he, they were going to cash him out for $13 million in 1964. And he turned it down. And in 1991, he sold 93% of Domino's for $1.2 billion. Mm. Stayed the course. $13 million. Stayed the course and became a billionaire. He owned the Detroit Tigers, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? And his the 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 people in the documentary was like his brother. Their relationship, of course, got estranged. Yeah, of course. Um, but he basically gave up his stake for a VW Beetle. And if he would have kept that stake, it would have been worth close to 750 million. And the boy in the documentary was like, "I hope that car ran for a long." time. <laughs> But it's crazy because these motherfuckers, Pizza Hut and Domino's, have been at war yeah. with each other since the 60s. Yeah, and nobody died. No one's died. They said now pizza, Domino's became the number one pizza chain as far as money okay. made. But Pizza Hut is still the largest as far as restaurants. Got it. Pizza Hut has 19,000 worldwide and Domino's has 17,500 worldwide. Like these... Four fucking white balls spawned 40,000 locations and $18 billion of revenue. And been at war since the 60s. Everybody's still and, alive. And everybody's and fil- rich. And filthy rich. They showed the bull at the funeral when his wife died, the bull who owned uh, Domino's. The Pizza Hut Brothers was at the funeral. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it came to show our condolences, man. And like, that shit crazy. And it's My just pizza a- brother. Yeah. 
Like that shit, but that that's the shit Nori was talking about, where it's like we don't die behind this shit because yeah. you know why? There's gonna be more deals. Like, think about the boy who owned Domino's, owned the Tigers. Like, I'm not just a pizza baron. Right. I own a Major League <laughs> Baseball <laughs> team. You know what I'm saying? When owning a Major League Baseball team was a big deal. Dog. Dog. Like, he owned a franchise. He owns a bunch of other shit. And they were showing the Pizza Hut motherfuckers all the shit they own and they've done did. And it, it's just, it's crazy just how different the lifestyles are where you go around and a motherfucker's really ready to kill you off of a post. Yes. A post. And nigga said, I'm, said I, ain't, I ain't cut like that. Kill this nigga whole family. Whereas Pizza Hut and Domino's started the whole war shit on uh, commercials. Where they were showing how Pizza Hut would have commercials where they knocked the Domino yeah. shit off the table. <laughs> exactly. The Noid and all that yeah. shit. The that shit gets you killed yeah. in the urban community. Yeah. No, nigga, diss me on the ground. I can't go for that. <laughs> <laughs> that shit nuts. No, I'm going to kill that nigga Stanley. Then that, the other joint I watched was real good about the chips. Potato chips. Okay. The boy Herman Lay, who started Lay's, yeah. he merged with the boy who started Fritos. This motherfucker, he basically created this shit in his, he, his parents had a, uh, like a little, 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 you know, cooking shop, like a little food hut and shit. Mm -hmm. And he used, they had $1,100 in savings. He basically bought the recipe for kettle cooked potato chips off of some Mexican nigga he met in Mexico. And his family like, what the fuck are you spending $1,000? Mind you, it's 1940. Yeah. He's like, what, 1930, excuse me. He's like, what, the family like, what the fuck are you going to buy? It's $1,000 for a recipe for He's like, it's not the recipe. It's the understanding of how this shit all works and goes on. And he did that, basically used his whole family's last $1,000 and did the shit, and he wound up making what would become corn chips. And then him and Herman Lay linked up together, and they were showing all the shit that they created. Corn chips, which is Fritos, which became that. They created the Doritos, they created Cheetos, and all. And they said now the, uh, the family, the Herman Lay family, is worth $13 billion. I'm just like... Thousand oh, bucks, parlay no, with $13 like, billion. Motherfuckers just be out here creating... Like, I'm not trying to be funny. How the fuck you create Cheetos? <laughs> like, I Think about have, the nigga that created zippers. I done had mad <laughs> Cheetos, dog. The nigga just created Cheetos. We got the game fucked up, man. Yes. We be outside on straight nut shit all the fucking time. Yep. Motherfuckers, and I, yo. Throwing our lives away, unapologetically. Unapologetically, yo. And just to, to, to wrap up the, the shit I watched this week. Did you watch the And One documentary? I didn't even get to see it yet. I was out and about. When it when it aired, uh, it's on my watch list for today. It was good, but I have a couple problems. I heard it was good, and then it just kind of took like a sharp turn. First off, that documentary might need to be two or three parts because it's just so much that yeah. went into it. They just completely left out. They did like seven seasons of television. Like, yeah. how do you condense that into an hour? They they just left out so many pivotal parts, pivotal people who just should have been a part of what. What made that a worldwide phenomenon? You know what I'm saying? But one thing I did take away from the documentary was <laughs> the fact that the two white boys who came in with, uh, what's the black guy's name? Uh, what's his name, Dan? The one, the uh, black boy from Philly. <laughs> the, the, the one with the beard, with the, with the hat. Oh, uh, beard with the hat. He was, the, the, he was in the, the ownership shit with Anne One. Set free? Oh, Set free. Like the the shit with the with the white boys with him, the the you know they they weren't paying the the ballers for the first for the first mixtape they didn't pay them a lot of them didn't even know they were on the shit, and people was like mad at that whole situation, and I'm sitting there watching it to myself like, 
Dog, these motherfuckers straight created basketball mixtapes. And it spawned some shit that was able to take multiple people around the world and make multiple people legends and face recognizable and make all kinds of... And that's really where it is. Like, if you just create or come up with the idea, these white boys who don't dribble, who don't do any of this shit, just was like, yo, we're going to do this. We're going to start doing this. And that's... Like, if you can just keep the creative wheels churning and not take stupid-ass timeouts to go drill. Right. <laughs> you could really just stumble... You can create some transformative shit. You see what I'm saying? You can create some But it's like our shit. youth don't understand yeah. that. Like, our youth just, like, perfect example, not to cut you off, that whole post that's going around from the young boy that's like, yeah, I was trying to rap, so I got into man. some beef. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's all they know. That's the only thing they understand. But you know who put us onto that, though? What? Sean Cotton. Yeah. Put us onto that last year when he did the show. He was like, yo, he's like, you got rappers out here that don't have nothing going on that's jumping in the street creating beef so that they got content to rap about and end up getting killed. This is the whole post. It was a Reddit post from Philly Scoreboard. What's the thorough way? This is the title. What's the thorough way to tell my ops that I don't want to beef no more and that they're scaring me? <laughs> <laughs> They're scaring me. Question mark. So this is the body of the message. So I hopped in some beef last year because I was trying to rap, but didn't realize, but I didn't have no ops. So I just started dissing this fat boy and his clique that lived down the block because I thought they were pussy. All was good until they started taking that shit serious. Last night, they sent me pictures of themselves holding firearms, and I damn near threw up. How do I tell... How do I tell them I'm sorry and I'll do anything to get out of the beef while also sounding thorough? Because, again, I'm trying to rap. I can't have that shit on my name. I need to leave this beef, but I need to do it with honor. Or should I leave an anonymous tip and get them up out of here? They have illegal firearms and all after my OG told me it's not ratting if it's anonymous. Excuse me? Excuse me. Like, uh, the beginning to end, all of this is wrong. The begin, the, the 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 like the the subject verb and the predicate, it's all wrong, man. This this is this is ridiculous, and it's like this is our youth. They want to be known for being gangsters and for killing shit. When all the real gangsters I know, the niggas I know that hide in your bushes or dress up like homeless people and wait on your block for you to come home and all of that, they don't want no recognition for that. It's just their life is what they do. Their reputation precedes them. Oh, you know that so-and-so, man? Yeah, nah, that nigga shot so-and-so up. It's one of them things. But, yeah, yeah. oh, I need to leave. Like, okay, cool, that's great. Thanks for telling me. I need to get up out of here. It's, but it's like y'all on the internet admitting to being party to and having knowledge of crimes that carry no statute of limitations. Yeah. Murder. They come get you for a murder 5,000 years later. Yeah. They come dig your ass up. Come, come stand trial for this murder, nigga. Like, they, like murder. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That shit, it's no statute. <laughs> when, they say, when they say life, they mean life, nigga. You're going to die in here. You better find you a purpose. You better go fucking teach you a class. Go get in a motherfucking wood shop, whatever. You better learn how to cut hair. You better go find you a trade, nigga. You gonna be here. Say on rush hour three, said it's over for you, man. You going to jail? Are you seventy five? You know what it's like for old men in jail? They make you work in the library. They call you pops. (laughs) Your friend gonna be a mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Your friend gonna be a mouse. (laughs) 
Yeah, man, real shit. Like, the youth is just completely lost. It's like they really don't understand, like, yo, we got, you got sunlight. I hate to go into that shit, but, like, the earth and the moon, all that bullshit. But it's like, yo, you got sunlight that wakes you up and gives you energy, bro. Yeah. You can really go out here and create some trans, literally, before these mics cut on, me, you, and Dan just sat here for a good 10 minutes just talking about where we looking to go with what we trying to do. Yeah. And it's just like, that's how fast. Yeah, we trying to start a multi-million dollar business in less than 30 days. No, like that fast, you can create some shit. And look at the slutty vegan girl. That was a food truck. Barb was a food truck. Real shit. Like you can really. Slutty vegan is worth what now? A hundred. A hundred million. She got a hundred million dollar evaluation, dog. Hundred. No one died. We we slut selling the vegan <laughs> shit like, dog. <laughs> ain't even killing no animals. Oh, I got a, I got another business idea for us too for okay. uh, for Miami. I realized we'll, we'll do that. Void in the market. No, and, and 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 honestly, my whole mentality is just everything I watch now. I kind of watch it with that that eye or that thought process behind it, where it's like, who made this? How do you get into this? How did this become a national thing? How did this become a global yeah. thing? How did this go public? How did you get... Hookahs. Right. Me and you had the conversation the other day where it's just like, dog, like, something that he came home and figured out was just like, shit, people like smoking hookah. All right, let me get into this. Now it's a real live thing where now you have the real dist- live business. He's the every- distro. Dog. And it's just... You really could create some shit that's just like, and we ain't even talking about transformative stuff because she should been around forever. Yeah, truck's been around forever. Podcasting is around, like, but you could really just create things and and reap the benefits from it. So to look up and see people where it's like y'all out fighting and shooting up fucking neighborhoods for nothing, literally nothing. Your mother don't even own this house that you live in. You got the block tatted on you. Y'all, you, y'all collectively as a family don't own nothing around this motherfucker. The Puerto Rican family that owned the bodega got more stake and claim to the neighborhood than y'all do, and they ain't shooting up nothing. What's the problem? What's, what's, what's going on? Nothing. Nothing. Like we've normalized our dysfunction. We celebrate. I saw a clip yesterday on Twitter from the, uh, the Fresh and Fit niggas, and normally I don't listen to them or whatever. They're like weird to me. They're strange. But the bull, um, the 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 Myron. I the whatever one looks like, he's like Egyptian. Yeah, he's Sudanese. Okay, yeah, that'd be close. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was going off about like niggas in the hood. And his approach was ridiculous because he's screaming and hollering. Yeah. But the shit he was saying was just like like they're laughing at this. Like they, like I know for a fact. Like the fact that my, whenever something happens on these Jones and they post, you know, the first thing they do, they add Larry Krasner or or Mayor mm-hmm. Kenny, and it'd be like Mayor Kenny don't give a fuck. Yesterday they showed Joe Biden at the beach. People in the Jones like with the meme like gas eight dollars and a motherfucker crying and it's Joe drinking a beer like hey man beach day. <laughs> hey man beach day. Holla y'all on Monday. You know what I'm saying? It's like they don't really care about your inner city problems and what like they really don't, dog. Yeah. And it's like it's kind of just like a on y'all, on us. Yeah, type no, thing. it's on you to pull yourself up out of your circumstance. Yeah, like and, exactly, and leave. Like if you somewhere where there's a bunch of bullshit going on and you don't want to be a part of that shit, leave. And last night I watched the Devin Haney fight. Uh, I missed it. I was sick, man. Haney versus Cambosis. 
Yeah, it was it was a boring ass. Fight. It's funny because I told my man in that event. He hit me. He was like, "Yo, who you think gonna win between?" Uh, he was like, "You was spot on about the Javante fight. Who you think gonna win between Danny and Cam, uh, Haney and Cam Cambosis?" I'm like, "Well, honestly, like it's a pick 'em fight." I was like, "But here's the thing: ain't neither one of them knocking nothing out, so they just gonna rumble for twelve rounds." Like, Crazy part is they both got knockouts, but I just kind of was just like, I don't see Haney letting him get close enough for Cambosis yeah, to land the big Haney's shot. Big for a lightweight. Yeah, he's a, he's a taller, lankier motherfucker. But it was funny. Lil had a real good tweet. He was like, "All right, this fight boring. Somebody got shooting the air in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> like, this shit boring me." But niggas uh, was at the tank fight, rumbling in the crowd. Yeah. You got you got four fights. That's how it be though. <laughs> them boxing crowds be ridiculous. But uh, the, and them niggas was in Baltimore. <laughs> the fight was in Australia. Yeah, and uh, they had one of the second largest crowd in boxing history. Fifty thousand. Yeah, fifty thousand pulled up for that jump. And uh, it was funny because the the undercard was a, a dude from there, from Australia, fighting a guy from the Philippines. And I was saying it to to Lee. I'm like, Yo, man, like you gotta respect the motherfucker getting out of the Philippines. And she was like, what you mean? I'm like, dog, like, the Philippines? They don't produce nothing. It's fucked up it's over bad. there. Like, it's the Philippines. I'm like, I'm having a tough time getting out of Philly. <laughs> that motherfucker got out of the Philippines. Like, you, like, seriously, people come from fucked up yeah, Third situation. world country. Dog, and they just, look at Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao won 30 fights, and they was like, <laughs> you the only glimmer yeah. of hope we got. Like, shit. We got the rice fields, and then we got you, nigga. That's it. You should be president, dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should be fucking president. That's how real it is from these other places. And people be like not understanding why these countries back the fighters the way they do, and be like, because they have nothing else. Yeah, they niggas are national treasures. Nothing. Cambosis got a standing ovation walking out of the arena yesterday, shaking hands. He lost. He lost. Nigga bring you to the joint and lose at the at the fucking blue moon or the, what was the old blue horizon? Blue horizon. <laughs> niggas might clap you. Niggas out, man. Niggas ain't even hanging around. Like <laughs> real shit. Bet my rental, you bitch ass. Bet, bet my rental, you bitch ass. Nigga, bop, bop, yo, bop. Yo, yo. But the, the getting out of where your, your circumstances, people will make it seem like it's impossible to be done. I watch people make it out of the Philippines. I watch people make it out of Sri Lanka. I watch people make it out of these African nations. And mm-hmm. just, you put your mind to it, you can make it out of whatever circumstances you got. Yeah. And y'all need to not be so willing to just pick up a gun and do stupid ass shit just for the sake of the internet. Because now you got a situation like him where you're like, man, this shit is, it's, this shit is getting crazy. I was trying to make some music. Now, yeah, I was trying. I thought they was bitches. Little did I know, them niggas pulled up. I thought they was bitches. It's crazy as shit. I'm a bitch. I'm a. It turns out I'm the bitch. Turns out I'm the bitch. <laughs> Talk about a plot twist. Yo, what's a thorough way to get out of this? Any suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I'm." St-, but the funniest part is him saying. I'm trying to get out of this beef, but still be thorough. Like, cause you know, I can't have no smut on my name. Like, excuse me. Like you turning down, like niggas turning down the beef, man. Straight up, man. We, we just in a, in a bad way. One thing I will say, I, I really, is a water right there. The, uh, but yeah, man, one thing I'm appreciative of is just the, the, the goings-ons we have. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you you got to be able to acknowledge that sometimes. Like, acknowledge the people in your life. Acknowledge the the, the opportunities. And that's that's a bigger part. That I think I think that's a bigger issue. Where it's like, we kind of always got opportunities for each other. 
You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, you make money off of this. You make money off of this. You make money off of that. You know, we just, it's opportunities to where it's like, yo, y'all want to do this? Yo, y'all want, no, we're going to do this. We get, it, it, it just, and you, and you'll, you'll stop a motherfucker. Yeah. Like, yo, don't like you, like I've told Jules, yo, don't do that. Like, you know, like, that ain't, that ain't the move. Have to though. Because it's easy to, to be a victim of like imp- being impulsive and being emotional in the moment and just do some stupid shit. And then you'll be looking at like, I spent how much? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's bad. Yeah. Not even spent. I did some dumb shit. Now I'm jeopardizing this or that. And, you know, I, I personally, at this point, I'm lost as to how to get through to, to the, like, you know, you look at situations like, shout out Carl. Like, Carl is committed. But it's just like, you know, I, like one thing that annoys me is like when something happens on Twitter, people be, they'll at him. Man, you, you need to do something, Pascal. It's just like. Do what? Like, bro. These I'm, niggas are lost. I'm working hard over here. Y'all lucky I'm even talking to these niggas. BF is like, man, look, I'm going to incite riots <laughs> in South Carolina. Y'all got this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm going to pick a small market, small town, tie it down. Y'all got this shit. And. That it, it's just I am at a loss of just how because it's it not trying to be funny like and I don't know where y'all view it or how y'all view it every day. It seems like it gets worse. Yes. The brazenness is the thing that stands out to me. Bruh. The willingness to just do some shit that, you know, is going to end in jail time. But you so in the moment that you just like, fuck it. I have to. Do I this. have to do. This. I have to do this. Right Literally now. throwing your life away. Shooting into a crowd 10 yards from the police is the craziest shit I ever heard in my life. Yeah. Nobody's exercising any form of discretion. Oh, I know where the nigga be at. I'm going to see the nigga and then I'm going to... Like, no, uh, right now. On foot. A <laughs> couple alleyways, out of there. I want to switch switch up gears real quick, and I want to kind of do a little bit of sports. Okay. And uh, the finals started the other night. Like I said, I went to the game one finals party, and um, I saw a meltdown that was so unwarriors like. Oh, I I I I was I was flabbergasted. I was literally just like that fourth quarter was some shit the Warriors normally do. To people. Yeah, it was like you just demoralize somebody and you just you just make them basically submit. Yeah, cry uncle. The way the the Warriors tapped out Thursday night. I watched every minute of that game from pregame to postgame. Yeah. And it was I was like I left that game feeling like they might be done. Like Rob might be right. <laughs> like the Warriors might be cooked. Like to have that type of game go on where you were up 14 at one point, you lose by what, 12, I think? They were up 14 with a minute left in the third. Up 14. The Celtics came out fourth quarter. They couldn't miss. They were like gangbusters. Al Horford looked like Dirk Nowitzki. Like prime Dirk. Like, it was unbelievable. Fucking that little uh, Jason Tatum, number nine, that little nigga, Derek White, he was going crazy. Marcus Smart was going crazy. Like, Fucking Pritchard uh, played eight minutes or whatever the hell in the fourth quarter. Like, it was, they just kept throwing, they did what the Warriors do. They just kept throwing mad niggas at them. And it's just like, this is crazy. And real quick, you know what you made me think about the boy Pritchard? Mm -hmm. 
he's like the eighth man, the white boy on the ball six Celtics bench. And I was having a conversation one day with somebody who was like, who the fuck is this boy? And I'm like, what you mean? He was like, they just be letting anybody in the league now. I'm like, boy, nice as shit if he in the NBA. And he was like, that random ass white boy. And I'm like, no, I'm not trying to be funny. There are 450 spaces in the NBA. And this goes into the Deshaun Stevens and shit he's talking about. To make it to the NBA, you really have to be good. You're that guy. And he was like, no, white boy, trash. So I go and look it up. White boy was a four-time All-American in high school, (laughs) led his high school in points, rebounds, and assists for his last three years, sophomore, junior, and senior. Went to University of Oregon. He's the all-time leading scorer in University of Oregon (laughs) history. That random-ass white boy is the number one scorer in University of Oregon history. It's like, you don't make it to the NBA without having some type of elite. Like, when you go down the line, like... Okay, you the ninth man on an NBA roster, right? Cool, NBA roster, you the ninth man. You making the the league minimum? Let's not even not even league minimum. You probably make, make a mid level exception. Mid level exception, four and a half million. You make it four million dollars a year. You the ninth man on the roster. You don't play much time unless it's a blowout or some shit. Somebody get hurt. But then when you go to their college career and you realize, like, damn, he was a two time All American, led his team two years in a row in double doubles. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. Then you go back to the high school career and you see. He's the all-time leading scorer in the state of Kansas. Shit <laughs> like that. And it'd be like, yeah, dog, to make it to that level, like look at Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown really tore apart high school basketball. He destroyed that. You don't you don't just get drafted from high school to the NBA without destroying the high school Did game. You, Kevin Kevon Looney's uh, high school mixtape service no. the other day. This nigga looked like he looked like Kevin Durant. Chamberlain, dog. <laughs> He was crossing. They was bringing up. He was seven foot in high school, bringing the ball up, crossing over. And Draymond made a point about uh, Kevon Looney. He said, "Yo, people don't realize he his comp when he came in the league was Kevin Durant. He had two hip surgeries off the bat. Mm-hmm. He said that finishes most players. He said so. I'm gonna come back and be productive. And now he's starting to get some of his his quick twitch and all of that shit back. Five six years into his career, he's turning back into the mm-hmm. player that he was." Oh, like fucking, uh, uh, you made me think about it. God damn, I lost it that fast. Um, my man Mar, Mar back in the day, he had to tape when Rasheed Wallace was at Gretz and they played oh Bartrand. I remember he showed the videotape, like a VHS tape. Dog, the nigga had 16 blocks in the game. 16. I'm talking about every single shot that went in the air that wasn't like a half-court shot. I'm <laughs> <laughs> smacking that shit out the air. And it's just like, yeah, he going to the NBA. Because this competition is nothing. You're yeah. annihilating this. So, yeah, the Bull Pritchard, he's, he can ball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he can hoop. But, yeah, they, the Celtics just came out there in that fourth quarter, and it was just lights out. Yeah. And, I, just, and here's the thing. I called, not to pat myself on the back, but y'all be on my ass when I get shit wrong. I called it earlier about the Celtics. Weeks ago, I say, yo, I, I like the Celtics team. They ferocious on defense. I, they got a shot to go to the finals. I didn't bank on fucking, uh, what's my, my boy from Milwaukee uh, being out. Middleton. Middleton being out and all of that. And they just basically made mincemeat of fucking Milwaukee. Um, but, yeah, top to bottom, like Boston throws 10, 11 guys at you routinely, and they all can ball, and they all are united in the mission of team basketball right. on the floor. And Eme... I salute you a bad motherfucker, man. Yeah. He's he's a hell of you talk about in-game adjustments. Yeah. I ain't gonna hold you though. Some of that shit is Brad Stevens. Cause you know he's still up. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. 
And I always thought he was really, really good. So to have him in the front office is... What do you think is the difference from this Celtics team versus the last four iterations? Because they go to the Eastern Conference Finals every year. Well, this this team doesn't have Kyrie Irving in the locker room. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. You know what I'm saying? But what it is is I feel like their nucleus hasn't changed of Jason Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And Marcus Smart. Um, And Marcus Smart being that D, the the 3 and D guy. But they're... Their front court with Al Horford, with Williams. Williams is a bad. He's a, he's a beast, and they're 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 set. They're they're there. And I'm shout out to Al Horford, man. I'm so happy for him. He, as far as NBA players, most games played, most seasons played, and most field goal attempts by a player before ever playing in their first finals game. And he got into his first finals game the other went day off. and went the fuck off. Like, now I've been saving this. You know what I'm saying? I watched him play, and I'm just like, he, why the Sixers like couldn't have him do this? Like, they just was using him in the wrong way. They just literally get down on the block with Embiid. And it's yeah. just like, wait, what? That was that Brett Brown shit. It's the Brett Brown bullshit. Yeah. But the um, the um the it, tonight should be very good. I got the Warriors. I think that the, – and the crazy part is, like, Draymond even said it. Like, yo, we controlled the game. We just – the fourth quarter, we yeah, you, you know. had Derek White, Al Horford, and Marcus Smart was fifteen to twenty three from three. The best <laughs> tweet I seen this year. I mean, the best tweet I seen the other day. So pay attention to this because only you would understand how funny this is. Who did the Celtics just beat to make it? Oh, they beat uh, the Heat. The Heat. <laughs> so did you see in Game Six, Jason Tatum? I mean, Game Seven, Jason Tatum text Kobe. Before the game? Yes. Did you see that? <laughs> he texts Kobe before the game. And, of course, Kobe can't respond. But he texts Kobe and was like, I got you today. And they went out there at, uh, you know, one game seven. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter was like, damn, man, I feel bad for Kyle Lowry because he made himself a uh, I got you proclamation today, too. And they had the text message. It was Kyle Lowry. He texted I got you today. But he texted to Raymond Felton. <laughs> <laughs> I got you today, <laughs> Raven Felton. But yeah, man. Oh, let's do that. Now that, of course, the Warriors and the Celtics are in the finals, yeah. every other NBA team is is off. Home. Kevin Durant is home, Bruh. And Kevin Durant has unlimited time for bullshit. For this <laughs> for absolute bullshit. <laughs> Yo, he is going at it with everybody. Kevin Durant, shout out Ra, brothers to the show, Rostradamus, you know what I'm saying, my little nigga. Um, Kevin Durant went at it with Roddy for, hours. for hours. <laughs> for Twitter. hours. About something that was already verified, visually and statistically verified. Yeah. Steph, Steph Curry faced, and that, what was that, 2016? 17. 17 finals. Steph Curry faced more double teams than anyone in the history of the NBA Finals. That is verified. There's a joint where Rob posted the video and sent it to him. Kevin Durant was like, I wouldn't go that far. And Rob showed the video. Kevin Durant was on a fast break, and niggas ran to Steph Curry (laughs) away from him. (laughs) He was on the break. Niggas saw him coming, and it ran to Steph Curry. And he got a wild. No, 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 it's a decoy. He's going to kick (laughs) (laughs) Crazy, dog. Crazy. And uh, Rob was like, Rob, Rob posted a video, was like, um, you was a ballerina. Arena, I got, got the, the pictures, pictures I see. Kevin Durant was like, no, you talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Kevin Durant this week had unlimited times for nonsense. So then Stephen A. Smith basically was like, um, you know, people get mad at the, no, I, who was it that started the tweet? Somebody initially started the tweet and was like, Stephen A. Smith, Skip, Shannon Sharp, all of them, they, they've, uh, no. It was a video clip. It was clip. a video, I'm yeah. sorry. It was a video clip. This was, this was dumb. But basically they were saying Steph Curry has ruined basketball. And Stephen A. Smith said, with all due respect, and I love Michael Jordan. Y'all know that's my guy, Michael Jordan. But I feel like Michael Jordan and his individualization of the game ruined yeah. basketball, which was a dumbass take. But I'm just like, no. And Stephen A. Smith was like, I feel like Michael Jordan has ruined the game more than anything. Because he made it more about individuals More about individuality than it is team. But even his his basis for his argument was, you look at Magic and Larry Bird, where it was like, oh, Magic was Showtime, but, you know, he had a team around him. And it's just like, no, nigga, that was Magic fucking Johnson. That was, that was what it was. The game went global in the early 90s, but that's not individual. That was Jordan being Jordan and bringing the Bulls organization to where it was. Because the Bulls had the bomb squad. They had the team to beat, you know what I'm saying? So that that was a little off. But anyway, Kevin Durant comment on it was like, no, I feel like Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp and all these fucking commentators and announcers have ruined the game. And Stephen A. Smith straight, Stephen A. Smith didn't even deny it. He hit that nigga with the, hey, well, listen, we don't die, we multiply. All right, like, we ain't going no <laughs> He said, well, away. guess what? You're going to have to deal with a lot more of us. And then Kevin Durant posted his video like, I'm here to tell you, we, we don't, don't care. care. <laughs> we don't care. So let me ask you this. Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, ESPN, and all their 24-hour news nonsense, what ruined the game more? Um, I think it's definitely not Steph Curry because, all right, if you look at Steph Curry, he's like a career, like, 42 43% field goal shooter, uh, mm -hmm. uh, three-point shooter or whatever. So he's shooting as good from three-pointer as most players are shooting from the field for his career including a season where he shot like 47% from three or whatever the case may be. Um, if anything, if we want to point to what ruined the game is coaches like Mike D'Antoni. I was, listen, I was going to say Mike <laughs> D'Antoni was straight sitting niggas yeah, for taking it's the mid-range. It's, it's coaches like Mike D'Antoni that totally devalued the mid-range game and basically ran these seven seconds or less offenses and stuff like that, which basically forces players to shoot volume and to shoot a volume of Potentially bad shots like, because of the pace that you're trying to keep up and just overwhelm people Mike Dan like those Nuggets teams from like the 80s and Mike shit. Mike D'Antoni almost had like players like DeMar DeRozan out of the league. Yes. Like the league was about to give up on DeMar DeRozan. That nigga was an MVP candidate this yeah. year. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, no, I think that I, me personally, I think it is the 24-hour news cycle, the skips, the, because these dudes have an unlimited window of time to just go on television and sway opinion and create narratives that really aren't. Think about how Stephen A. Smith will tell you, yeah, no, my sources close to me told me what's going on with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, like, shut your bitch ass up. You don't talk to nobody over here. Like, it's like they have time yeah. to do that, where they can just go make shit up. And look at Skip. Skip's whole thing is, I hate LeBron. You he made a career out of He it. made a career out of just talking that. I love Michael Jordan. I hate LeBron. Like, LeBron, shout out. Can we get some claps? LeBron this week became an official billionaire. So Forbes did a whole thing on it. And it's just like, you got a black man from, like we just talked about, getting out of your circumstances. Akron, a Ohio. fatherless black man from Akron, Ohio, got out of that <laughs> fucking terrible place and literally became 
arguably the greatest NBA player ever on the court and most definitely off the court in what he's been able to do in his time while playing. Jordan made billions. Jordan became an owner first time ever. Air Mike, I want to be like Mike. Jordan didn't set up every single person around him in his circle the way he did where their face recognizable just like him. Kobe did, Kobe became a billionaire too because of uh, the body armor deal. Right. Like it's it's just unbelievable when you see what LeBron has been able to achieve. So the fact that Skip has made a career out of just bad mouthing him is just that's the shit where it's just like and we got people now to where they don't even try to take logic and science or stats into their argument. It's just emotion and what I feel. Right. And that part of the game is fucking us up. You know what I seen last night? Tweets. You know Damian Lillard was at the Haney fight, right? Motherfuckers get Damian Lillard that got time to be at the Haney fight and not trying to figure out why Blazers can't get out the first round. And I'm just like, what, yo? What does one have to do with another? I saw the tweet. That People said that. are nuts, yo. And th- but that's the, that's the ESPN first take, all that bullshit. Because they sit there and do stupid-ass segments and arguments one like that. One way where I can shoot Stephen A. some bell, he, after the exchange with Kevin Durant on Twitter, he came back on his first take the next day. And he was like, yo, if my opinion is so off base and, you know, so damaging and blah, 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 why when you do a documentary, you call me? Why when this player does a document, like, why do y'all want my opinion then? But I have an invalid opinion on basketball when I say something that you disagree with. And I'm like, that makes a lot of fucking yeah, sense. I, I personally don't think his opinion was invalid. I just think it was, it was like, I could... I, like how you just said, Mike D'Antoni. I could think of other shit that ruined the game before yeah. Michael fucking Jordan. And I look at it to where it's like, when I, when I do see first take, it's when I'm at the gym, or because I don't watch that shit. It's yeah. on at the fucking doctor's office. But when you see the topics, you just like, damn, it's like, there, like how there was no game these last couple of days. Yeah. They on there discussing <laughs> stupid shit like yeah, that. Grasping at straws. I saw LeJohn the other day was like, who's the greatest player to never win a championship? And I'm just like, y'all back on this one because there's nothing happening. It's the same 19 topics. So you think about it. If you got a if you got a, 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 a sports news show every morning and there ain't no sports the day before. All right. What we what we what we at? Yeah. You in the pre pre show meeting like, all right, what we got? Yeah. Play, they going broke? All right, cool. NBA players going broke. Like, Damian like Lillard versus Isaiah Thomas. Who you got? Stupid <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? So going into the joint, and I guess it didn't hit me the right way till I really sat and thought about it. Deshaun Stevenson is auctioning off his, uh, NBA his, his finals ring from the 11 Mavericks team. And I want to look it up so that I'm not mistaken. Right, I don't want to speak. Uh, Career earnings, yeah, twenty-eight million. I, figured, I looked it up. Okay, I figured 13, it was around thirty. Thirteen seasons, twenty-eight million. That does not include playoff bonuses and all that shit because that's additional money. Um, doesn't include per diem, which NBA players get in all of this. I had a tweet last night, and I want to read the tweet verbatim. Uh, NBA players literally live like kings their entire time in the league. Even role players get tons of complimentary merch, shoes, free travel, per diems, and access to other multi-million dollar opportunities. Seeing someone barely 40 completely crack 10 years out of the league is ugly. Because the reality of it is this. If you're an NBA guy, and Deshaun Stevenson played in that NBA era where the salaries and all that was a little bit depressed because you had, like, the malice in the palace and the fucking dress code shit and all of that. So a lot of the salaries and all of that shit was depressed at that time, whereas, like, a max salary was, like, four years, $60 million. Gilbert Arenas talked about this uh, with Chris Paul on his, on his podcast or whatever. He has an excellent podcast, by the way. Um, he talked about that. 
you know, about the eras. You know what I'm saying? It's like at that time, the money was depressed because you had the, you had a super up era before with players like Big Dog Robinson getting a hundred million out the gate, and Grant Hill getting a hundred mil out the gate, and Shaq Jalen Rose, uh, yeah, Jalen Rose getting ninety five million, Shaq getting a hundred and twenty million to leave Orlando to go to the Lakers and shit Kevin like Garnett that. Got a big one. Where, oh, where it basically shook the balance of power in the NBA, where it's like these smaller market teams and all of that couldn't compete. But the the CBA has since been reworked and all of that. They have south. They have uh profit distribution and all of that shit. And now the NBA is about to get even more money injected into it because they just approved Seattle and Las Vegas to get expansion franchises starting in 2024. Right. So the money is about to go even back to the moon, even more than it is now with this recent TV deal and all of that shit where the players got all that bread. So I say all that to say this. Even still being in a depressed era, you still made $28 million verified dollars. Pre-tax or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you cut that in half. You say you made $14 million, but you still got to factor in playoff win bonuses, all of that shit. Every round in the playoffs, uh, every game you play in the playoffs is additional check, and then you get playoff win bonuses for every round that you win going through the finals. They were showing Al Horford's breakdown for going through the finals, like going through the playoffs, like how right. much more he got every game and shit. Yeah. It's, it's a, so it's, it's a lot more money, and Deshaun Stevenson played on some very good teams. Mm -hmm. Those Wizards teams were in the playoffs. That, that Mavericks team went through the playoffs, won the finals. The year prior, they went into the uh, playoffs, like they went to the second round or whatever the case may be. So there's all this additional money that's flowing, not to mention the dirtiest secret in the world is that NBA players get like a three to $500 per diem every night that they get for food that they just put in their pocket yeah. or go out to dinner. Remember when we was in, uh, we was in LA, we was eating, it was two tall ass niggas next to us. I figured out, like, oh, they play for the Clippers. Mm -hmm. It's like shit like that. Motherfuckers at uh at Mastro's having a six hundred dollar dinner because I got he'd be like no let me pay no let me pay. It's like because they getting the fucking per diem right. loaded onto a fucking team uh, debit card or whatever the fuck every time they fucking have a every time mm -hmm. they have a game like mm -hmm. it's like shit like that. So it's like yo if it, even if you only getting it just for fucking road games or whatever the fuck if you getting four four five hundred a night for forty two games mm -hmm. that's an extra how much more money. So it's like. You're talking about another $25,000 a year just in per diem, in right. food money. Mm -hmm. It's like these motherfuckers get all types of additional revenue, perks, little yeah. perks, endorsements, shit like that. Fucking NBA All-Star Weekend, you come, you get a fucking swag basket full of shit, $50,000, shit like that. Like all kinds of crazy shit. And the opportunities that exist because you are surrounded by millionaires and billionaires. Oh, you want to jump in on this uh, fucking, I'm about to buy 10 Bojangles. I'm about to do so-and-so. Give me 100000 We could invest it in so-and-so. Like, all of this shit, all of these opportunities to the point where it's like, bruh, if you played 13 years in the league, won a championship, made deep playoff runs and all of that shit, and you go broke, it's almost like you were trying to go broke. Yeah. Like, you were intentionally mismanaging your money and just doing the wrong thing all the time. At one point, Deshaun Stevenson had an ATM in his house. Did he really? Yes. Oh, yeah. He was on MTV Cribs or some shit. He had an ATM in his house. It's like dumb niggery shit like that. Because <laughs> like most dumb niggers, we assume that when you get money, that it's never going to end. Niggas is going through that shit with PPP right now and PUA. Motherfuckers assume, oh, this money, not, oh, man, the government love us. Oh, man, shout out Big Uncle <laughs> Trump. The government love Outside of the orange one, Big Uncle Trump, yeah. 45, nigga, this bread ain't never going to run out. Never. And then it ran out. And now motherfuckers is like, oh, shit. Uh, let me get nine on pump one 
and a Chico stick for the tent. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like niggas is having a hard time because, you know, they always the last ones to know some shit. I honestly, that that's a, like, I want to word it the right way. I'm not envious of people in those positions where if you come to the NBA and you come in like a big dog, Glenn Robinson, not a big dog and like right, just right, a right. like <laughs> like you come in like Glenn Robinson, you come in like Allen Iverson, you come in like LeBron, you come in like these players where think about it, AI had fifty mil before he walked on the court, mm-hmm. LeBron had ninety before he walked on the court. You know what I'm saying? Like you come in and you're the franchise player, and you know, but when you come into the NBA and you were Deshaun Stevenson or uh, Miles Bridges or yeah, like, you one of those like the 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 team guys. People are looking at you with the same eyes and lenses that they looking at a LeBron. They thinking you, you in the league because that's you know what I'm saying. So in this elite fraternity of so people, you, you and look players. at somebody like a Deshaun Stevenson. It's like he got his mom, he got his dad to be able to date around sisters and brothers, however many kids, baby moms, hoes, bit, little bitches. You know, like <laughs> little bitches, baby bitches, baby, like that <laughs> shit. Add the fuck up. Like not trying to be funny. Think about it. We regular motherfuckers. And motherfuckers be paying their moms and dads rent mm-hmm. and be buying cars and do, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, imagine you with a $30 million bag behind you from the league. Everybody's like. Everybody got their hand out. Everybody. You're everyone's meal ticket. Everyone you came in contact with from middle school up, you are their meal ticket. Everybody got a get rich quick scheme, a business idea, whatever, whatever. Like if tomorrow the Sixers sign you for like a three year, $18 million, <laughs> nigga. I'm like, I don't know how Chad gonna pull this shit off, but nigga, it's up. You know what I mean? He ain't the fastest motherfucker I've ever, ever seen getting back on defense. But it's but guaranteed. This, but this shit guaranteed. It's up, nigga. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like that shit where it's just a lot of pressure. And that that's the joint I, I that annoys me at times, where it's like, you know, they do the symposiums now with NBA players, and you know, they do like that ESPN 30 for 30 to broke, you know? And it's just like they'll emphasize on all oh, the basketball players and the football players go broke. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like you also gotta look at people who play golf or people who play tennis, minus Venus and Serena. They come from situations and circumstances that are so drastically different than these people showing up. They're coming up. from multi-million dollar families. Bill Lambeer straight said his dad was like, why are you wasting time with the NBA? What is this niggery game you're going to go play? What is this niggery <laughs> shit you've been doing? <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, on the other hand, though, absolute superstar in high school, absolute superstar in college, comes into the NBA, number two in the draft. I think he was behind Aguirre. Like... Isaiah Thomas is that's that's motherfucking Zeke. Like he's the man. He's hey, do you know Zeke is like mega rich? Isaiah like, Thomas? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like me- like this motherfucker's been he's they said he's the one that put Magic Johnson on to like the real estate yeah, game. Yeah, like Magic Johnson. businesses himself. and yeah. all of that shit. But like, you look at Isaiah Thomas where he comes from Chicago, like the fucking gritty shit, like O Block. You yeah, know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> For like, sure, yeah, O-block. He, yeah, we is not from 63. <laughs> <laughs> oh, best tweet I see. <laughs> Another joke. It was another real good tweet. Bull was saying, he, here the tweet was like, yo, I can't even cap. Now that Vaughn been dead for a while, I ain't had no problems with, with 63. 63. I was just dicky. <laughs> <laughs> now that Vaughn been dead for a while, I realized I ain't had no problems with 63rd. I was just dicky. But no, Isaiah Thomas comes to the NBA, gets his big check. He buys his mom a new house. The house that he bought his mom when he got his money and moved his mom out the ghetto, you know where she lived? 
across the street from Bill Lambier dad. He's been here. He been, I've been here. You know, yeah. I'm trying to get my son out the league. <laughs> <laughs> Come work at the fucking company. You see, you see how different that is? Yeah. Like, think about how wild that is. Like, the first thing Zeke got to do when he get a check is put his mom in a crib. The crib he put his mom in is across the street from his power forward's dad's house. Yeah, he grew up here. We've been here. Yeah. I don't got to buy my dad no house. He lived there already. <laughs> so that's a that's something off my plate. Yeah. You understand? You 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 get where I'm I going. Get, with I that? get exactly where you are going. We're like how like I've it's seen not a level playing field. No, because thing I, and I used to question that when niggas would be like, "You ain't no real nigga if you don't pay your mom rent," and it'd be like, "My parents own a house. <laughs> I have no opportunity to be a real nigga." <laughs> <laughs> so what you telling me is I'm never gonna be a real nigga? Bullshit. <laughs> like, but that's how mentally we. What are we doing? We fried. Like like we mentally like we don't even understand that we're coming from so like so. People will clown Deshaun Stevenson, and I more so would be like, that's fucked up. Yeah, there was no. so much shit on your plate that you weren't able to manage all of that shit to go on. It's, it's, it's really tragic. Like, and, and here's my other angle to it is that a man's financial earning prime is roughly like 42 to 55, 42, 45 to 55. It, it moves depending it move, on what, it, what industry. I'm, what I've seen is 38 to 52, and then I've seen 40 to 55. Right. So, so somewhere in there. Somewhere in the later so, years. The NBA players have the benefit of having two and three financial earning primes because they start making money so fucking young. Mm-hmm. They start making money when most young men don't even know what they want to do with their life. No. Because they had the same purpose since they were 10 and 11 years old. So if you get in the league at 20 and then you play until 30, 32, you've already cheated the algorithm of life as far as how and when men earn money. Then if you transition out gracefully a la a Grant Hill or a Shaq or a Penny or somebody like that, and then you figure out your purpose and go into your next line of work, then boom, that'll carry you forward. And then your NBA pension kick in and you getting 176000 to 500000 a year for that. Right. That's just mailbox money that just shows up. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo, if you do it right, and you fly, and you want if you wanted them two to four million dollar a year guys, but you just fly under the radar, and you don't spend too much, and you don't do too much, and you lease your cars instead of buying them, and you make some smart investments here and there, you can look up in that forty million that you might have made, or in Deshaun's case, thirty million that you made over thirteen years, you could look up and have that thirty million because you went and bought an eighty unit apartment building instead of four Rolls Royces. Shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, there's going to be, when you get into to, to that one percenter type money, there's going to be a series of decisions that you're presented with yeah. over the course of your life that if you make the wrong decision multiple times, you will end up where you are selling your championship ring on the fucking internet. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. An ATM in your house is a bad It's decision. a terrible decision. Because why the fuck would you need an ATM in your house? I mean, if I just need some cash, you know, I'm just... Yeah, but... but Who do you pay the service fee to? That's what I was about to say. <laughs> How many people are coming to use that to where you're making money off the service fee? Hey, you know, 7-Eleven closed at midnight now. So y'all come to, <laughs> come to the house. Grid. <laughs> it's like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, yo, you will be presented with several situations where it's like some fucking janky uh, deal that somebody wants you to invest in. Fucking Tanisha's hot wings and hot curls. Oh, yeah. Some some bullshit business that you get presented with. The one motherfucker from the Dolphins said he was at the, the club in Miami, and he said the nigga came up, got in the section, was like, 
yeah, you know, like I, I see what you're doing out here, like you know what I'm saying, you dolphins and shit. I respect it, you know what I'm saying. Just so you know, like I'll, I'll move them things for you. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You talking about linemen, nigga? I'm a running back. <laughs> He's like, nah, nigga, them things. He's like, nigga, straight approach him in the club, like nah, like you know, I get them shits up north. He's like, but I don't have any any things. <laughs> I've already made it legitimate. Why do I want to deal drugs? Now the NBA, the, now the NFL players, I can shoot them some bell. They live like paupers compared to like the ba- the NBA niggas and the baseball niggas and the soccer niggas. It's a whole different world as far as that football money because right. you really only got three positions that are making life altering money. You got elite quarterbacks, you got um, defensive linemen, defensive and offensive yeah. linemen, elite defensive offensive linemen, and cornerbacks. Everybody else is like you. Yeah, it's eighty million, but it's thirty four. Like, like the, the position, the, players, yeah, the position yeah. players and all that shit. Yeah, it's eighty million, but it's really thirty four. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is a this a five year deal, but it's really one and a half. Right. Yeah, like we could cut bait on your dumb ass at any given time. Right, right. And they get large lump sums of money to where they're getting banged for crazy amounts of taxes and shit like that. Where it's like NBA players' money is more smoothed out. Baseball mm-hmm. players' money is more smoothed out. Like over time, to where it's like every every motherfucking week you get a check, yes. seven hundred eighty two thousand. Yeah. Like what I'm saying, whatever the fuck, you just getting a check just constantly. So they 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 don't really ever run into cash flow or liquidity issues. Whereas like an NFL player, they might sign a five year hundred million dollar deal. Forty million is up front. Like you get forty million today, right? But you got to pay twenty million in taxes mm-hmm. if you ain't got the right accountant. And then you got to live off of that. And then your salary is $2 million a year for however many yeah. fucking years. And then you get another balloon payment at, at this sign on the back end on some, yeah. like, roster bonus shit and all of that. Like, yeah. because they got to manipulate the salary cap. Right. It's, it's, it's a different lifestyle. Whereas, like, in the NBA, you got 10 niggas with $200 million contracts. Right. James Harden is in line to get a $270 million Supermax. Right. He is not worth it. But he's probably going to get it because – who else you going to give it to because the Shit. NBA has something called a salary cap floor. And if you don't reach the floor, there's penalties for not paying that Shit. money out. Did also, John, the, the Rockets gave John Wall 40 and was like, stay in the house. 47. Yeah, don't, don't come out. Home, don't yeah. never come to the facility. <laughs> don't come out. We got these young guards. We like yeah. them a lot. We do not need you throwing up gang signs yeah. in front of these niggas or none of that shit. Yeah. Trying to take them to Rose Bar. Keep your bo- in Houston. Keep, <laughs> keep, your, keep your crip ass at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not I, like I feel bad for the Deshaun. Like I feel horrible having for to pawn off your. Ha- I said it on Twitter. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Because you know that's the last thing to go. You know a nigga didn't sold everything else. He didn't sold himself yeah. before he didn't sold the championship ring. Because that's the line of demarcation. Like I am hit. Yeah. And you would think that being in an elite fraternity like the NBA for 13 years, we need more soft places for some of these guys to land. Some of these guys that's not superstar personalities or superstar businessmen, we need scouting jobs for these niggas. We need fucking, uh, you know, front office and training jobs for these niggas. Something that can at least carry them forward to their pension. Deshaun uh, Stevenson is four years off his pension, and he got to sell his championship ring as a bridge to get him to his pension. Like, that's crazy. Did they say how much his pension is worth? They said it's, it's a sliding scale. It's based on years in service and all that. So, you know, he reached 13 years in service, so he's probably going to be on the higher side. But it's like, he got to get there. It's like, nigga, I'm eating cat food in, right. in the meantime. Like, I got to fucking get there. Championship ring got to go. And it's like, a championship ring don't even really have no value. It's pretty much all sentimental value. It's worth, it's what the end user is willing to pay for it. 
So it's just a ring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whereas like you see the the mega stars, the guys that made out good, you see them auctioning off their ring for charity or some shit like that. Like, I ain't, ain't buying no bread. Like, What's something crazy? And Retired then, NBA players can receive fifty six thousand to one hundred ninety five thousand per year, depending on years of service. Previously, uh, the benefit paid out five hundred and fifty nine dollars per month per year of service. Now it pays out eight hundred dollars, eight hundred and seventeen dollars per a month per year. So you figure if you eight seventeen times thirteen, times, so ten grand a month times twelve. Well, hold on, yeah. So hold on, eight hundred dollars. You get eight seventeen a month. Eight seventeen a month per year of service. Per year of service. So okay. eight seventeen times thirteen. He played thirteen years. Right, right, right. So he'd get ten six a month. Yeah. So that's enough to live. Yeah, it's enough to be. A, in the words of Kevin Sanders, it's enough to be a high value man. Ten thousand yeah. a month. Yeah. Because the the whole thinking is that you own your properties, own all your shit. It's a pension. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, ten thousand a month. That's pretty cool. That'll float a nigga. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you made some bad decisions, that'll get you back on your feet. Yeah, it gets you in a nice little spot. You know what I'm saying? Get you a Camry. Trickle some holes. You know what I'm saying? And you it's know. a pension, so it's not taxable. It's just net income. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, real shit. <laughs> real shit. But uh, I got nothing else for this episode. Um, If y'all I, haven't yet, get y'all tickets. We didn't even mention the show, but uh, yeah, get y'all tickets for uh, Brooklyn. Uh, if y'all didn't yet, man, co-branded show, TRPE in the office. Uh, the majority of the office or all of the office Wu-Tang Clan will be there. Uh, that's what they promised us, so we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to be in the building. Um, I might got to get us like a DJ or something. I might got to get caution to push up for that, Joe. You know what I'm saying? Really make it like a, a situation. We got a situation. Situation uh, situation So it's yeah. like, go to officialtrp.com, get y'all tickets now. Uh, we're in the process of revamping the Patreon, but we're going to be active on Patreon all month. But starting next month, new, improved Patreon. So be on the lookout for those changes in the next few days. We're going to be pushing that information out on the Patreon. That's a, a patreon.com oh, slash officialtrp. Right? Yes. Oh, we got a Patreon. Yes, we did. Hey, there we go, baby. It's we the made fifth. it. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> Nigga, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, we made it. Nigga, we made it. Uh, but yeah, man, I, go get your ticks for the show. Um, should be a good time. Um, everybody seems to be hype about it. I got a lot of texts and yeah. calls about it this week. Like, oh, Ticket shit. sales went up this week. Yeah, People man. like, oh, shit, y'all doing? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, that's it, man. Uh, last show of the tour. Um, we going to set up the private joint. We're going to yes. get into that. That's going to be sometime in July. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Little little vibe. Um, You know, in the words of A Boogie Boy, stop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a vibe. You know. And I mean? there will be hookah. And there will be hookah. You know what I'm saying? Supplied by Dan. You know what I'm saying? Couple couple White Castle New York <laughs> runs and we out here. Uh, but yeah, man, I got nothing else. Follow us on social media. Holler at us. Uh, that's it. Holler back, young. <laughs> <laughs>